Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fangs. We're back, man. Episode 226. Yes, sir. All right. Let's get right into it. Mega Millions ticket matching five numbers sold in Bakersfield. Mm. Somebody's going to get robbed tonight. <laughs> robbed tonight. <laughs> robbed tonight. <laughs> All right. Um, Bakersfield, California. One ticket matching five numbers on for Friday's Mega Millions uh, drawing was sold in Bakersfield, according to the California Lottery. The numbers for Friday's 480 million Mega Millions jackpot drawing were 8, 20, 26, 53, 64, and Mega number 15. No tickets matching all six were sold according to the Mega Millions website, but one with five numbers was sold at Albertsons at 2691 Mount Vernon. Um, Lottery officials said uh, one ticket matching five numbers for the July 15 Mega Millions drawing was sold at Albertsons at 2691 Mount Vernon. The prize listed at $973,600. Wow, almost a million. According to the website, they're going to tax you for that shit too. Um, <laughs> the next Mega Millions drawing is scheduled uh, for Tuesday, July 19th with an estimated jackpot of $530 million. What? <sighs> That sucks. You miss one number, yeah, and you drop you down to less than a million. I know it's fucked up, right? They get so much money off the people. They yeah. are they are literally robbing people blind. Yeah, five hundred thirty million though. Like, dog, honestly, if you make five hundred thirty million dollars, you really shouldn't be doing anything around people for a while. Yeah, you shouldn't, and oh and you shouldn't gosh. be flossing on the internet. Nothing. Just like I would like literally disappear. I would probably I would probably be too afraid to tell anybody that I had that much fucking money. You are you gonna be in the news? Uh, no, you don't. You could be anonymous. You can. Yeah, you could. Oh, we I could be anonymous that. or wear a mask. Mm-hmm. The the last winner he had a fucking mask on. Did you see that? No, I didn't know that. One of the winners had a mask on. They were doing a little interview, and he was like, "Yeah, I plan to take care of my family and do this and do that." Blah blah blah. You can't but, even do that though. What do you mean? We got thousands of people listening to our voice every week. Like that's not gonna work for me or you. Fuck them. <laughs> that's eddie i know that nigga voice <laughs> i'm eddie mcgee uh, you know what I, if i had the money i wouldn't have a choice but to mention it on the podcast i would say you know what i'm a millionaire and uh we have a studio is hitting a hidden location you will not be finding me and keith i would probably i would i wouldn't i wouldn't uh say i won a lotto like i would probably i came across a lot of money explain my millions I would act like my bit. I would act like my app went crazy or something. Yeah, you would have to. Yeah, but or even my then, YouTube channel is going. Even crazy. then, that amounts to something to people. Yeah. Now you've got more social cachet. You've got yeah. more. Hey, oh man, Eddie's doing it big, or he's doing this, or Eddie must have bought tw- uh, ten trucks or something. Like it's gonna always be a story there. Yeah. And the fact that most people work jobs, they're gonna be like, "Yo, this dude Eddie," or they'll be like, "Fuck Eddie," you know? Yeah. Who, who was Eddie to win that money? You know, I used to give him a ride to work. Yeah, back in so many fucking years ago, yeah. like twelve years ago, Eddie didn't have no car back in the day, and yeah. I gave him a ride. I'd be like, "Well, I got uh, seven hundred million dollars now, <laughs> so fuck off." That's so much money, man. And it, it, it yeah. when you hear it, it always seems so regular, right? Mm-hmm. Like fifteen, sixty-four, thirty-three. Like yeah. I could have guessed that. Oh, 100 percent. You know, you know what I thought about though is I I've always thought, you know, I don't say I have the foresight for it, but I kind of do. Like, if I got that type of money, what would I do with it, right? Mm-hmm. I think I would put the money in the hands of the people because I know people are struggling. I would get like five hundred dollar gift cards to Food Max and I would give it out to like hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Like people who really need it. Like 
um, people who are hungry around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, get people some get kids gifts and shit like that. Like really give back to the you know to yeah. Bakersfield. You know, I would try to find a way to get with the park and recreations people and get real swimming pools in like the you know the east side of town because there's a lot of places like they just got water parks. Kids can't experience actually being in pools anymore. It's a it's a reason though. I don't know if you could push back on that. What do you mean? Like I think they took the pools out for a reason. Oh uh, well, the reason wasn't the reason wasn't the cost, the upkeep of these pools that had been there. That's what I'm saying. What I'm and it might have been a it might have kind of came down to cost. Yeah. But I'm saying like that's a whole entirely different conversation than like the money thing. Like you are gonna have to push back on like I don't know sanitation laws and all some probably. Kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, here's the thing: if 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 there was any money or pushback on that. I'm just trying to figure out. We just talked about them building a fucking half a million dollar bathroom in the park. So you can't tell me that it costs too much to upkeep that pool. And you motherfuckers got a uh, it look that literally looks like a uh, uh, what's the coffee shop? Um, The new coffee shop that we got here. Dutch Brothers. It looks like a, a, you know, an old school Dutch Brothers drive in fucking size bathroom. That's what it looks like. Doodoo Brothers. Yeah, I don't Mm. I don't fuck with that, man. It's Mm -hmm. just empty calories. But anyways. Yeah, whoever won the money, God bless you. I hope you don't blow it all in one place. They're going to tax the fuck out of you. Uncle Sam's going to hit you doggy style before you catch any of that fucking money. <laughs> yeah, it, the crazy part is it it is a um, small probability that we know this person. Probably. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, they'll be like, man, Andy, I just got a lot of money, man, a couple hundred thousand. I'm like, all right, well, I don't need your money, but I just want, I would tell, I would give some friendly advice. I'd be like, don't tell anybody about this shit. When people make money or they get a really good job, they want to tell people how much they make, where they live, what they bought. Listen to me when I tell you this. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Don't do that. It's not helping anybody. There are a lot of people that are struggling right now, and I'm not saying you shouldn't feel blessed. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you need to keep your blessings to yourself and your family. That's... Yeah. It, yeah, I see people flashing money like, yeah, you you know, hard work, man. I just work hard and they got hundreds all wadded up. It's like, dude, you're not doing anything. You're not offering any value to anyone's life by posting you flashing money on social media. That's just fucking corny. Yeah, that's tough. I would I would if I if I were that person, um like I wouldn't say if I were that person, but if if I came across that kind of money, it would be um, a few people here in town that I would reach out to, hundred percent, like that understand what it looks like to have money, but also, you know, it might be some family members hitting you up, like, mm. hey, you know, I need this or my bill, nah. I'm late on rent, I'm, you nah. know, so I don't want just, anybody hitting me up. Just Nobody. having to navigate, I would just be curious, like a guy like Kevin Edwards, I would be curious to know how he navigates, like being a very, he's a popular person, but like on a personal level, like people know him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, people, you know, be having their hands out. Or a guy like Tyron, you know what I mean? Jay-Z just talked about this. I didn't finish the interview with Kevin Hart, but he did it. He basically spoke about, you know, when he wants to just go to family events, you know, and just wants to be around family and nothing else. And I have like a cousin or somebody like, hey, man, I got this idea that could make you like a million, two, three million dollars. Jay-Z for- still going through that? Yeah, he talked about it on Kevin Hart. And and he said, these are people who have are stuck in the mind state of like a 16 year old. They never evolved. So they think that that's how business works. And it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. There is somebody literally. Here's the thing. Some people will apply this very antiquated idea of what making money or 
are trying to put a business out there. There's somebody in front of Walmart trying to sell a mixtape right now. Yeah. That's not how that's 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 over ten years ago that shit worked. But you have streaming services now. Yeah, there's streaming services now, man. You'll be like, hey, if you if you're out there first of all, you shouldn't be out in the world trying to promote your music. You gotta promote it on the internet. Yeah, nobody's really gonna respect that shit, man. Mm -hmm. There's some song I found today. I was just scrolling through uh Instagram and uh, I think it was an ad or something, and the song is dope. It's called Cream Soda. Mm-hmm. That shit is dope. I forgot the name of the artist, mm-hmm. but I looked at his ad, and he had like almost 400,000 engagements or people who had seen it, and I was like, who is this guy? But then I clicked on his profile. He didn't even hardly have that many followers. So I was like, let me, let me click on the actual song, mm-hmm. and the song was fire, bro. Mm-hmm. The song was fire. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to I mean, yeah. it's the power of the internet, man. Yeah, but that's how you, you got to promote it, dude. I still, like somebody... Shit, the fuck was that? <laughs> somebody, somebody the other day had commented on my my YouTube channel, like, mm-hmm. "Yo, I'm this. I'm adding this to my playlist. This is dope." It's just like that's just how the internet works. It don't work, you know. Like you and like you said, like um, in terms of Jay Z, he like, man, I may have. I'm he's he's a huge philanthropist, right? right. So I would imagine if that person, his cousin, nephew, whatever. Um, they came with a different type of presentation, you know, yeah. a business plan or some numbers to back it up. Like, hey, hey, Unc, you know, I've been doing this on my own. I got my, you know, I'm selling cookies. I'm selling whatever the case may be. I'm selling you, electronics. This is what it's doing already. You know, if I had some seed money, I could buy more inventory, whatever the case may be. I'm sure the I think that I think that if you have a real business plan, I think you it's, it's all about your presentation. Yeah. Like even when you talk to people. You got to understand, they got a million people trying to pitch them shit all the time. They got a million people trying to take pictures with them mm-hmm. all the time. They are in high demand, and it's draining for them. If you lead that conversation off, it's like, hey, man, um, I know you got people pitching shit to you all the day, so I'm not. No, I would say, look, I know you got people pitching shit to you all the time, but I'm not going to hold you. I just wanted to let you know that I have this. I've worked on this this long. I've got an LLC. I've been working on this for six years. Yeah. I know that you work on this. I feel like I could offer you value in this way. Mm-hmm. This is what I've been doing. Here's my spreadsheet. Here's this. Here's that. Um, here's my business card. And if, if there's any type of uh, um, recommendations or some form of a small donation you would have for me to get my business off, I would I would totally recoup that and you would get your money for sure. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that out in the air. I think that if you're a person that's serious about it, people are going to have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. But the question is be like, man, how long have you been doing this, man? Mm-hmm. I've been doing this six years. How old are you? Oh, I'm 19. You 19? Mm-hmm. And you've been doing this? Mm-hmm. They'd be like, all right, man. Hey, hey um, get with my business. This is my business manager. Here's yeah. this and that. Like, it'll be a real conversation mm-hmm. versus like, hey, man, look, look, I'm a, I'm a rapper trying to come up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, your, your presentation's fucked up, dude. Yeah. It's like. Then Jay Z, Jay Z turned down J Cole. Yeah, he's a better rapper than you. Yeah, <laughs> so you just got yeah. But the, I think pre, I mean, outside of this conversation about like business, like presentation is everything, bro. Like, yeah, just in terms of like, uh, there's this like the Zoom meeting thing that I'm doing, and um, we're presenting. Uh, I don't, it's like a five minute present. It might be like a two minute presentation or something like that. But they were basically say like, come. 
business like business casual and mind you we on zoom you know right, what i mean right, but right, part right. of that is that that presentation like you want to look like something 100 you know what i mean i think you could have a lot of knowledge and i hate to judge anybody for what they're wearing or not wearing but it's like you could be overly qualified for a job but if you walk in with your pants ha- hanging below your ass mm-hmm. and you got a shirt that's kind of dingy you mm-hmm. know, and you don't have any like you you got some boots on or something. Yeah. I, I mean, you kind of disqualify yourself. Yeah. You know, if, just because if you took that role more serious, you would come as what you, you would come prepared. You would yeah. look like the value, you know. Yeah. But you yeah. just want to be put together. hundred mm-hmm. percent. But I don't want to jump all over the place in regards to this lotto shit, man. I've played uh, the little basic scratchers and haven't won very much on that. I've won. I probably won the most I've ever won at once is probably over 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty good. Some people be hitting though. Mm-hmm. I know a couple people don't hit. There are people that hit and they lose their fucking money. Yeah, like it's just like when you don't have any form of financial literacy and you win the lotto, you better off not winning it. Yeah, because this is what you're gonna do. If you're a person that say you live in the hood, right? You you've been broke your whole life. You got a bunch of family and they broke too. Mm-hmm. They automatically assume that you need to, that you need to save them. Mm-hmm. Automatically, they're like. I, I always wanted a pony. I always wanted a. The fuck do you need a pony for? You live in the hood. There's, a, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> I, at least to my knowledge, there's never been like a. They had the movie Lottery Ticket with Bow Wow, but mm-hmm. never been like a movie where, like, it shows like the real experience of somebody. Winning I think they a have. Lottery. It's like a documentary. A documentary. Yeah, of people that <clears throat> die after they won that fucking. No, movie. I just mean like some narratives, like some oh. made up stuff. Like oh. I just never seen. You know, because there's movies about everything from yeah. basketball players to freaking I don't know whatever uh, scientists. But I just never, I never seen anything like what lottery winner. Let's check. Let's check Keith's financial literacy or his his mind state when he wins. If you got two hundred million dollars, what is the first like one to five things you'd be getting? Um, I think I would take care of like things that have interests first. So like today, today I got to like, I would pay up probably my credit card and then my house. And then, um, I think the probably like number two thing I would probably buy my mom a crib. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably retire my mom, like, mm-hmm. you know, and then set aside a, a self-sustaining like investment thing for her mm-hmm. where like maybe put a million dollars in stocks and then let her uh live off of the um the not yeah. it's not the interest but the amount yeah. earned you mm-hmm. know and then from there shh, some more like investment stuff like stocks you know um there's a formula. I think Schultz was talking about it on Brilliant Brilliant Idiots, but yeah. he was saying like if you have X amount of dollars, you can have um, some formula he had for like so many thousand dollars based on however many millions you have yeah. investment. So I would do something like that, and then I would probably, I would probably probably live like super frugal, um, in a way where like I would probably stay in the same spot, but um, just. Uh, and then, like, the world is my oyster after that. Like, after I take care right. of, like, the grown-up stuff, mm-hmm. then it comes to, like, okay, making a movie. Okay, like, mm-hmm. really building a team around my app. Because right mm-hmm. now it's just me putting a few hundred dollars, few thousand dollars here and there. But probably renting out a space like this and having, like, three or four coders in there just working, you know, and, you know, marketing team and stuff like that. Um, and then, like, like podcast, like, crew. 
production team. 100%. You know what I mean? Having three cameras or four cameras set up and right. somebody over here manning the, you know, the sound and everything like that. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know how many things that was, Keith. I don't know if it was. It was a lot. <laughs> but my, yeah, yeah. it was, a, I, my my head was straight. But I, I guess I, to, to, to kind of bring it all back, like, that would be just a fraction of it. So I didn't. I wouldn't even know what to do with all that because my mm-hmm. mind, my mind is not even on the materialistic, you know, 100%. aspects of it. I'm not worried about. Well, for me, so. uh, one of the first things I do, um, believe it or not, if probably one through five things, one, get a lawyer. Yeah, for sure. Two, get a chef. Yeah. Three, mm-hmm. um, I'd get a fucking huge, beautiful home. Get mm-hmm. a nice estate. Mm-hmm. Four. I would invest in rental properties mm-hmm. um, and not just any. I would more or less want to get something kind of plush. If you got that much money, you could probably get, uh, I guess you could call it uh, luxury homes or mm-hmm. luxury apartments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could like, it's, you know, downtown Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. It's a couple, you know, as they're building some out there off of, uh, off of coffee, I think. 100%. Yeah, building a huge apartment complex. And yeah. those be making like... So much money, bro. That yeah, that and then also um, another one would be investing in podcast studios. Yeah. So, for example, we've seen WTF Media and what they've done. They've got one in New York and one mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a from from Central California all the way down to like Sacramento and all that. I think that there's a need for podcasting studios, but not just any podcasting studio. State of the art fucking cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Acoustic paneling, ambiance, yeah. all of that shit, right? Yeah. So if you go into this studio and you record here, you know that we're gonna edit your shit at the fucking top tier level. Yeah, we're gonna provide, you know, uh, we're gonna ha- we're gonna employ people that have um, history or um, degrees in manning cameras and getting certain things. So we're gonna get a good rate. Yeah, you know. I think one thing that I would do, with, which is kind of, it might be, it might sound a little weird, but like I, I would call it like pay for play, mm-hmm. in a sense of like, um, you know how they say, uh, if if uh, what was it was like fifty thousand or the the lunch with Jay Z or something like that, uh huh, um, but just like consultation meetings with, yeah, like people that's like the movers and shakers, like say a guy like I don't know Timbaland is. Like for a thousand dollars, like you could spend two hours with me in a studio or something like that. You know what I mean? Or yeah. who, you know, whatever business guy um, <clears throat> out there, like you know, if they have some sort of consultations, I think that would be some somewhere you could like one. Yeah. You could like build real friendships with people because if you're just a solid person um, and the person on, that you're paying to see is solid too, like you gonna have a relationship outside of. Uh, you know, just that that money that you pay. Yeah, That's gonna, just your entry into the door. You're gonna actually benefit from these these um these relationships. Yeah. And if you come in with something to offer, like, hey, I got a podcast that's doing this, I got I got this business venture that's doing this, I got some real estate moves that I'm working on, then they're gonna be way more interested in the conversation versus you going in there with nothing to say. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think that sometimes we have to be careful too, just in general when we think about money and our relationships with money. When we're like, oh, man, if I had a million dollars right now, I would do this. I would do this. You really don't know what the fuck you would do. But I think whenever you start developing some form of better um, financial habits and financial um, um, 
they call it literacy. Yeah. You by the time you get that money, even if you don't know exactly what to do, you still have more of a grasp on that. You mm-hmm. at least you're going to say, "Hey, look. Um, I'm not going to spend anything, but you know what? I have always wanted that truck right there. I could spend $68,000 on that or I could spend $93,000 on that and it's not going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Cuz this is a purchase that I've wanted. It's not going to take even 2% of what I've got. So let me go ahead and buy this truck that mm-hmm. I've always wanted mm-hmm. and then I'm not spending no money on anything else. Or, I mean, one one of the things Kevin Edwards would always say in his videos is like, yo, this rental property pays for this car. A hundred percent. This thing pays for this. My YouTube pays for it. This is my play money right here. It's like so. a self-sustaining Yeah, exactly. Lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know, that's 100%. a... Uh, that's a Shout out to Kevin movie. Edwards, man. I mean, catching definitely Kevin, t- catching some of his content and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the shit he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is a YouTuber out of Bakersfield. He's been doing this shit for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a slow grind. He showed his tax returns or his, his tax statement in 2015 was $28,000. Dang, that's not And then that the long next ago. year, he, he didn't say how much he made the next year, but he got a Lamborghini the next year, mm-hmm. a Huracan. But he leveraged that Huracan into more views and more uh basically he leveraged that into getting him more eyes on his on his youtube and what's in uh sorry to cut you off but uh dj just hit me and he was mm-hmm. he was saying um he got the like i guess instagram has like a uh a paying tier for like instagram reels or something like that mm. um so he just got a thing and it was saying like how much money he would make per month if he had um signed up for whatever content creating thing mm. so i was like dang that's uh that's so key fire because it was like it was just three digits i'm not gonna say specifically mm-hmm. what it was but right. i'm like yo if you really like if you got that now it's kind of like one foot in one foot out mm-hmm. but like if you really put your foot you know on their necks and really started posting every day a couple times a day like that yeah. number could turn into a few thousand dollars. It, what you need to understand is that let's say you were getting three, four hundred dollars a month just mm-hmm. from posting reels or something on YouTube. You have to ask yourself, how many people do you know that make money doing exactly what they want to do with their life? Mm-hmm. Hardly no people. Mm-hmm. So you're making three, four hundred dollars. You've already doing won what you want to do. You've won in a very small sample size. Mm-hmm. If you have the foresight to say, hey, let me stick with this shit. Let me and then fucking eight years goes by because that's what you got to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. Me and Keith have released a podcast every week for over four years. And have we reached this success that we want to be at? No, but this is what it takes, man. Mm-hmm. You you got two chains didn't blow up till he was 36. Mm-hmm. He was 36 before he turned into the two chains. We all know. <sighs> yeah. Which is, you know. Yeah. I mean, Blast is 30. Yeah, but yeah, Blast is 30 years old. Yeah, it took him this long. He's been making music for a long time. Yeah, but that's know? what you got to be willing to die behind this shit, man. Yeah. You got to be like, yo, I'm not going to stop doing this. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to give up. And like, I've made it to the point now in my life, and it's scary because I can't even picture my life without doing content weekly. I just mm-hmm. can't even picture my life doing that. Yeah. Like, me just being a guy, just going away. I'd probably be so unfulfilled, man. Yeah. Part of you know, part of um, being content in life is like fulfilling your purpose. Hundred you know? percent. So I think that's this is a different subject matter, but a lot of for a, any listener that's just like they just feel like they're not happy right. with their life, or they just feel like they just um, they just don't enjoy getting up. Um, 
you I would suggest you look at um, what you really want in life and how you can go about doing that. Right. Because a lot of times like people um, are so miserable because they do they're doing things on things on a daily basis. It's not fulfilling for them and they're not living out their purpose. You know, somebody is somebody that's um, I don't know. Let's say they work at Dutch Brothers or something like that. But they really probably want to be like a journalist or something. There they you really go. Like they really like talking about sports and they kind of just stuck in this grind. Um, but, you know, you, there's a way to do both. You know, you obviously got to make money, but you could get on, put your phone up and just be like, hey, Kevin Durant requested a trade today. And you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's just a, and you would you will realize like how much happier you'll be. A hundred percent. I told uh, one of, uh, one of the homegirls from back in the day, she posted a video and it was like just a little colorful video. Like, <clears throat> did you know that Fiji bottles, this is actually recovered in this region of Fiji and it's actually bottled here at this place. And like just her little energy and a little spark that she had. I inboxed her. I said, hey, you need to keep doing this. Yeah. And she's like, doing what? And I was like, you need to keep doing these videos. Yeah. Go uh, create a TikTok account and post mm-hmm. these videos. Find out little facts about different regions and different parts of the country and out of the country and post these facts that some people may not know. Yeah. And you may think she was like, oh, I don't know if I have it. Like, I wouldn't be able to be like you and do it. I was like, stop speaking those limitations on yourself. Just get out there and give it a shot. Yeah. You know, because some people just have really good energy. They have a really good energy about them. You know, and they 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 create content. There are people that were lawyers that quit their fucking job to create content. Mm-hmm. Like, do you understand what that means? A person that went to school and went through the bar and did all this shit mm-hmm. and just ended up being on YouTube. Yeah, crazy. It, it's it's some some people are, and there's some people that like whatever profession. Like, yeah. say me, I went to school. Uh, I went to film school, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a version of my career path where I could not even make movies and I could just talk about movies. Yes. And I could make, you know, thousands of dollars every that, month that on YouTube. That existed many years ago with Siskel and Ebert. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Siskel and Ebert? They did reviews. They did reviews, mm-hmm. yeah. And sometimes the reviews were a little bit uh, a little bit tone deaf because yeah. they were two older like white dudes. Yeah. So they would talk about like Boys in the Hood. They'd be like... I didn't understand, you know, why they had to be so violent. Yeah. Like, bro, it's called Boys in the Hood, motherfucker. <laughs> I want to do like, that's <laughs> like something that I, I was talking to my buddy the other day. I yeah. was like, that's kind of like, because I, as, for any of you that follow me on Instagram, like I started doing like little stories and stuff like that. And I kind of fell off because one, partly because I got COVID and then, you know, just kind of lost the rhythm of it. But um, in terms of just like talking about film, that's something that I that I want to get in. And just talking about stuff that I'm doing, whether it could be podcasting, like, hey, how do you put together like a dope podcast or whatever the case may be. And you, what you'll realize is like there are people um, like my friend Pat is uh, he does music videos um, or blue. Um, and he learned from certain YouTubers that he ended up being more successful than, mm. you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, there's not really a correlation. There's some people that are like, they're just meant to be like teachers. They're meant to be YouTubers. That's a fact. I think for me, like objectively, I think I'm more talented than some of the professors that I had. But mm-hmm. they have a whole like they hold a special place because they they're you know they're really good at teaching. A hundred percent. It's just like the guy there. Okay, a lot of NBA players go to uh, go to trainers that are less talented than them. 
Oh, for sure. A yeah. lot of them, whether it's the Chris Brinkley or those guys, Chris mm-hmm. Brickley, I think his mm-hmm. name is. Chris Brickley, yeah. Yeah, they go to guys like that because those guys have great fundamentals. They yeah. may have not been NBA talent, but they know how to hone those skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your boy's name? Is it Tim? Yeah, Tim. Tim, he's doing his thing, man. I yeah. see he's training Coach those kids, and yeah. he's doing his thing. Shout out to Tim, man. There's, um, a, there's a guy, um, there's like three or four like um, well, like books when in in terms of like screenwriting that you get going to school or you know like that people kind of talk about one is called uh, save the cat it's written by this guy named Blake Snyder and um Blake Snyder wrote the film blank check i heard of that you never seen it with the little white kid and he got a blank check and yeah, he was said, who living. wrote it his name is Blake Snyder. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Dan Snyder. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, you know, this is the movie with the kid and, yeah. you know, he got all the money. He's living his lavish yeah, life or whatever. movie? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the peak of his career, right? Um, and the movie is not that great. No. It's like just a kind of, it's just a fun 90s movie that yeah. is not like, uh, it's not that great by any like means. watered down Macaulay Culkin Jr. ass movie? <laughs> Facts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Um, he's heralded as like, you know, the that's the book that you get when you walk into film school and you want to learn how to write a screenplay. Really? Like that's the yeah, that's like the standard. That's your jumping point. Like, you know, here, read this book and you'll learn how to write a screenplay. Um <clears throat> but in terms of like how great he was as personally writing, like it's just not that, you know, he wasn't that great. But mm. in terms of teaching or writing a book on how to write a screenplay, mm. like he's he's the guy. So and you know, it's just something to think about. I dig it. Me and Keith have been uh, uh, going on a tangent here for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'll summarize that by saying this. Um, we were talking about the Mega Millions, and then we just <laughs> just literally branched off into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope and pray that anybody out there that comes across a lot of money, whether it's um, you owning property, rental properties, or making some good business decision, or you just scratch off a scratcher one day and you get two, $3 million, I pray that you never have to work for someone again. I hope that you figure out your situation and how blessed you are and don't let people, um, what do you call it? Don't get, don't get survivor's guilt. Yeah. If you get survivor's guilt, you're going to give away all your fucking money to your aunts, your cousin, your brother, your sister. And by the time you're done, you realize you only got $193,000 and you had 2 million. You know, I I think you were saying this a while back, like sometimes you just have visions of like just coming across a lot of money. Yeah, I do. I, mm-hmm. I, I have it mm-hmm. quite frequently. Yeah. And it, I think as I've gotten older, it's been more of a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I swear to God, my right, I'm not playing. I have this feeling like I'm going to be able to bless a lot of people, help people, have a lot of money, have an abundance of things. Yeah. Do I know how I'm going to get all that? I don't have the plan. And I think that most people that become part of the 1%, they didn't have a set plan on how they got there. Yeah. I think that what happens is, is they had... They have, like, I guess the foresight for it, but they don't know exactly how they're going to get there. Yeah. They either got it through their talent, whether they're a producer or a musician or a low-level business person that started off doing something in, I don't know, stocks and trades or whatever the case, and then it just fucking took off. Yeah. I be think I think about that, like, even, like, uh, only more recently have I got really confident in, in, like, my writing ability. Right. Right. And there's this contest, and I have a like a really good feeling about it. And it's a contest where you mm-hmm. you win money, and you get to they give you enough money to make like a sample of your movie or whatever. It's confidence coming out of uh, nowhere. Yeah, and I'm just like, it, it, I think it comes. Um, 
I wouldn't say that necessarily that it comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It for me it comes from putting in the work. Hundred mm, percent. When you studying, yeah. you reading scripts, you doing right. all these different things, right. and you're like, oh, I, I, I get. Sometimes you you reach like a a certain level of a, uh, like you kind of have like a breakthrough in clarity, right? Mm-hmm. I could imagine like you know even with the podcast, we just recording in your apartment, right? And we just kind of like putting it together, and then we all of a sudden just start clicking like, yeah. oh, this is like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. 100%. This is what it, you know, so in terms of like, you know, coming across some money, like I have a a, a strong feeling that I'm going to write a screenplay that gets optioned and they just going to cash me out. And then, you know, it's come, it's almost like you push yourself into a corner too. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you've, you've done so much work that you build up this confidence. It's almost like, um, it's like training. It's like training. Why is my sound still on? See this? I got to get rid of this fucking phone. <laughs> I got to get rid of this phone. That going crazy. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Anyways, um, it's it's almost like training for boxing. Yeah. Right? You're training for boxing. You're throwing, learning how to throw jabs and hooks and all that stuff. And you're doing it just to get in shape. Mm-hmm. But the amount of confidence you have when you're walking around mm-hmm. and just the everyday person starts talking shit to you, you're just like, it's I don't want to fight this person, but I I could knock him out in ten different ways. Mm-hmm. And you just your heart rate is so low because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's like, bro, all I gotta do is hit him with a jab. He's going down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But there's that. Uh, switching gears, um, a fixed image. Um, let me before I go into this conversation, I have to give you an example. Um, recently, I was uh, it was brought to my attention that someone. That I've known, I've I've known over the years, but I haven't had any interaction or spoken to this person in like over eight years. Um, Keith and a, a few people had ran into this person, and this person had uh, some choice words about me, and verbatim, this is what they said. I'm not going to say the person's name, but they stated, "Oh man, I used to work with Eddie back in the day. This nigga ain't got no hoes." <laughs> This nigga ain't had no hoes. He was like low key weird. <laughs> he was on some funny stuff, probably. I don't know. And to say that about a person that is all, and I don't get where that came from. First of all, we're grown men. Mm-hmm. I'm 37 years old. This guy's in his mid 30s. These are conversations you shouldn't be having as a grown ass man. Like having hoes in your late 30s is not an accomplishment. Having a maybe having a few women you talk to here and there, that's normal. But having hoes, that's just ignorant at this age. But to make a long story short, that was a low level conversation that he tried to have. And the the other mistake that he made was thinking that the information would not get back to me. Right. I don't I would say for the most part, these conversations are sad and you really shouldn't take too much into what people say about you. However, what the issue was to me is how comfortable this person felt expressing himself about me, a person who has never wronged him, a person who has never spoke on him like that. But this guy was shitting on me out and about. And I think that the issue I had with it was, is when you emphasize on just being a decent human being, you gotta, you, sometimes you have to respond to people who feel too comfortable shitting on you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta tell somebody, Hey, I see what you're doing. It's fucked up and you need to stop. Mm -hmm. Because the thing about it is, is I'm going through a lot right now, too, because my father is literally dying. 
stage four cancer. He's probably, it might have a year to live, if that, right? And I'm dealing with that and processing that. And then this news comes to my doorstep. And it may not seem like a lot, but I can't trust myself. If I was to see this individual out in public somewhere, Mm -hmm. I probably would have fucked him up. But based on the fact that I grasped this individual's number, I called them, I spoke to them respectfully and very calm, and I stated, hey, I've got word that you spoke about me in a disparaging way. Um, first time he didn't answer the phone. I said, I got news you, you spoke about me in a disparaging way. I have not seen you in over eight years. This is weird. You know, you shouldn't have anything to say about a person you don't have a relationship with. I don't understand why you're doing it, but I just wanted to let you know, this is not okay, my brother, you know? And I preface the, the respect thing because I'm not going to call like I'm running down on you, but I need you to know that you need to shut the fuck up in the most respectful way mm-hmm. because it is not okay. It is not okay to reference a person from eight to 10 years ago. Here's the sick part, folks. There is somebody that we all know. There's probably somebody that you know that you haven't seen since high school, and that person is talking about you right now like they know you in present tense. Mm-hmm. there's somebody you probably got in a fight with in junior high and they still don't like you from getting in a fight and beating them up in junior high. Mm-hmm. People don't evolve. That's what the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. And when they don't evolve mentally, they create a fixed image of you and it allows them to hold on to the bias that they have about you. Mm-hmm. And motherfuckers need to stop this shit. There is somebody like Britney's a bitch. She doesn't do anything. She's such and such. And the girl probably ain't seen Britney in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Britney, Britney goes to church. Britney has a family. Britney has a career. Britney ain't thinking about you or talking about you. But you talking about Britney. Why are you talking about Britney? That shit is crazy. It's weird and it's too prevalent in society. It needs to fucking stop. I had a conversation with a dude, uh, an uh, employee over at Current Oil. Shout out to Jordan, my, my, my man Jordan. And we were talking, and he said uh, he had his grandmother is like that. You know, I think it's a brother or a family member he had, and they used to do drugs or whatever, right? But they've been clean. They got a family. They go to church, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Grandmother asked on multiple occasions, oh, what is he doing? He's still running the streets doing those drugs. Mm-hmm. Person they did drugs in over seven years. Yeah. It just the sad part is when people mention you in a and they defame your character, it's intentional because they hate the fact that if they acknowledge you in the now, it has to be positive. Mm-hmm. So they can't they don't have the I guess I won't say intangibles, but they don't have the the they don't have the maturity to acknowledge you in the present for who you are. So they have to reach back. Seven years ago. Mm-hmm. They have to reach back this long ago. And then the, the feelings back then probably wasn't even valid. Because mm-hmm. the dude talking about me said I didn't have no hoes. Mm-hmm. And back then, I'm not going to say I had hoes, but I had girls there. <laughs> so, oh, I ain't never seen but no girls. I'm not proud to say it, but at that job, I fucked six chicks there. <laughs> Nobody knew I was fucking chicks at the job because I wasn't no goofy nigga telling everybody who I was fucking with. <laughs> Nobody knew it. <laughs> that's the thing when you a man you don't need to have your sexual conquest plastered all over the place mm-hmm. period keep it private but this some people so dumb they like I'm getting pussy look at me man look I'm doing a pussy dance look 
pussy dance. Your pussy dance. Retarded ass nigga. You should have shut the fuck up and not say nothing. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Just dumb. <laughs> Gotta do the pussy dance, man. Damn, man. Yeah, I think uh, I was I was reading this and uh, I might be um quoting it from the wrong place, but I think I was reading this yoga book. Oh shit. This and it about talks to be freaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh it talked about how um I I I don't know where I heard this from. I'd be listening to all kind of different stuff, mm-hmm. but basically it 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 alluded to this idea that um we are not like over the course of like 7 years I believe it said um like all the skin cells in your body have like died and you know renewed essentially. Mm-hmm. So like like literally, you're not the same individual 100%. you were X amount of years ago, um, and that was just like uh, like in in reality. But like metaphorically, you know, right. we we change over time. We, um, <clears throat> I was talking to um, uh, somebody who was referencing a relationship, and it was like, yeah, like you know, my husband, like he's an entirely different person, like you know just look at the stuff that he's into the the things that he's interested in like however many years ago he wouldn't even be interested in, in those same things and um we're doing a disservice to like to just everybody to think that people can't change and grow and right there um, you go you know just mature mature in any kind of way right like um you know how it is like in uh especially here in Bakersfield cuz this is like a Sometimes it's like a huge despair in when people, uh, people's journey through life, right? Right, right. So um, it may be a guy that's like 18 years old still catching the get bus to, to get to BC, right. to get to what, Cal State or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Um, and then you could be doing really good now, really good for yourself. Yeah, you, you go. Could be, you know, you might have your own business or something like that. And We're that dude up. will come up to you like, hey, man, remember you used to catch the bus back in the day? Happened to like, me before. Dang, man, I, I, I drove by you one time. I didn't know if it was you or not, so I didn't right, really stop. exactly. But it's just like, dog, like, people people can grow. And and, I, and sometimes I'm a victim of that myself. I remember once, um, this was years ago, um, there was this girl, I don't even remember her name, but it was... At a certain point in our lives, like there was like uh, like a just a different type of social media community, especially Mm -hmm. with Facebook. So it would be people that you would be like Facebook friends, which that you just didn't really know or, you know, they friended you and they would post a lot and you would have opinions about them. Yes. And I can remember there was this girl. um, She had like moved to Texas or something like that and got into a relationship. She might have got engaged and stuff like that. And me, I'm just referencing her in her whole phase. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm, you know, I'm a victim of it myself. Um, and who know? I don't know what her relationship looked like, but she seemed to be happy. And she mm-hmm. she obviously, you know, was um, putting on the the image of a committed relationship. Right. So I just think like as people, we got to we got to give people grace and allow them to grow. I know um, there was uh, my aunt's husband. He had a, he was, this is like third party information that I'm getting, but he didn't want to go to the church that we go to because 
he was basically saying, I know, I know the pastor. Right, you right, know, right. I know, like, you know, I know him on a personal level and I know yeah. the kind of stuff that he used to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. But it's like, this man, the pastor is 57 years old. Right. I don't even think he got the energy to do the stuff that he was no, doing back not in at the all. day. So it's just like, you know, we gotta we gotta give people uh an opportunity to to grow and mature out here and yeah. we can't keep holding them to no. the standards. And I think Charlemagne says it all the time. He's like, you know, I think in this society, um, Malcolm X wouldn't Malcolm Little would have never been able to grow into Malcolm X. And we would have um, not let him. Yeah, we would have not let him, you know, grow into Malcolm X. So mm-hmm. um it's like people the the our our journey is what makes us who we are. So if uh, if there's no trials, tribulations, mistakes, whether that, you know, mistakes come in the form of, you know, infidelity or just, you know, I don't know, getting caught up doing all kind of stupid, whether it's, you know, drinking all the mm-hmm. time or whatever the case may be. There's some people that drink every single day and mm. they just stop cold turkey. Yeah. But we still look at them as that alcoholic you know, from years ago. So. Yeah, in in regards to like a girl being a hoe or whatever like that, right? <clears throat> One thing about hoes, they're gonna find love. <laughs> Try a, whole, a whole lot of love. A whole lot of love. <laughs> right. I've seen it myself. Yeah. So, you know, they they could be a hoe and they'll find love. Yeah. But if they get if they get single, they'll be hoeing again. That's comedy. <laughs> I feel like I Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. That'd be funny if you get smoky. Chicks be like, I'm not a hoe. <laughs> but when they leave, I'll be hoeing <laughs> No, nah, man. Yeah. You shouldn't I know women who were very promiscuous in college. Yeah. Very promiscuous. But they're married, they're moms, they're, you know, they they got careers. I don't look at them as a hoe. Yeah. I don't. That was a phase. A lot of people go through a whole phase or a phase where they was an alcoholic or a phase where they was fucking a lot of people or a phase where they was doing drugs, a phase of whatever. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand, a lot of times people that really care as they get older, they get closer to becoming their higher self mm-hmm. and they push away from these things. But you as a person, you have to look at people for where they are and where they came from. Mm-hmm. I know some people who was like super poor in high school, where they didn't hardly have no clothes, clothes was dingy, they they smelled and shit, mm-hmm. and then now I see them on social media, and they Gucci down from the fucking shoes all the way up to the top. I know a guy, he's like, I'm at the Gucci store right now, you know, this is what I do, this is my guilty pleasure, and he didn't leave with two, three shirts, this motherfucker had like 12 shirts, mm-hmm. Gucci Spend down. some racks in there, huh? Yeah, and it's the Gucci, Gucci store. Mm-hmm. This nigga was Gucci the fuck up. That nigga was Gucci man. Gucci man, purr. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing, man. You can't look at him. And what's the fucked up thing is, is people who aren't happy with their lives, they'll look at this guy with the Gucci and say, man, remember when he used to stink? Hey, remember when he used to stink? Hey, hey, remember when you used to smell bad, man? That's crazy. So you, you just ignored that I got like $10,000 worth of Gucci <laughs> shit in my bag. You want to make fun of me? Mm-hmm. First of all, sometimes people that do that shit where they got to reach back in order for it to them. Because here's the problem. People that have a fixed image of you, they reach back to a time where they think they were better than you. First of all, nigga, you ain't never been better than me. Yeah. Second of all, if you look at people and meet them where they are, the sad part about it is you probably will feel inadequate. Because yeah. if you if you want to keep it real, the people that try to play you like that, look at them and then look at you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, yo, I'm not trying to down nobody, but sometimes you got to talk your shit. 
Yeah. Like, nigga, I'm taller than you. I look better than you. I make more money than you. I got a better looking wife, a better looking girlfriend. I got a better looking car. I got a better look, better house. I got better everything. I'm smarter than you. Yeah. I'm quicker than you. I'm in better shape than you. And yeah. you a hoe. And <laughs> when you do that sometimes, then you like, okay, this was the reality. This is why this motherfucker's acting the way he is. Yeah. I'm not narcissistic for feeling that way. Sometimes you really need to evaluate who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. Don't let motherfuckers play you, man. Mm-hmm. Don't let people play you. Especially don't let them play you when you've worked to attain a goal or a lifestyle and you literally, sometimes, bro, sometimes you're just that nigga, bro. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and it's like, without being narcissistic, you have to give yourself some credit for where you are. Mm-hmm. It's some things that you've, that you, there's some things and some that you attain that most people have not. Mm-hmm. And they got to keep on reaching back to a time or a point of reference for them to 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 uh, belittle you. I had a motherfucker tell me before, because back when I was in my mid to early 20s, I was going out a lot. And I seen this particular person. And, and the last cu- couple of interactions I had with them, they said the same thing. Man, I saw I see you walking, man. I saw I see you walking. And I'm thinking, like, first of all. I haven't walked in years. I've, I've always had a car. But mm-hmm. when I was walking and I was poor, it would have been nice if you was a real person and gave me a ride or maybe just not mention the fact that you see me walking. But the fact that you've done that and you said that in front of people, it was an attempt to belittle or make me look small mm-hmm. in front of them. Yeah. But, and I got to talk my shit. I'm sorry. And I don't want to be mean. But you want to flash forward today, I got a much better life than you have. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I do. Yeah. So- when you see me now, you don't have a choice but to be like, oh, what's up, Eddie? And just move the fuck on. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's just what it is. And that's the thing. <clears throat> that's another reason why I want to be successful. Because I low-key want to pull a Charlemagne on some of these niggas, man. Because mm-hmm. Charlemagne be bringing, Charlemagne say word for word, everybody that fired him. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, so-and-so for power, 10435, Lucius something, he fired me. And yeah. then so-and-so, he fired me for no reason. Yeah. And then they fired me. And then uh, he said that on Joe Rogan, too. That shit was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to, like, one thing, and this is a slight tangent, but um, sometimes, like, the people that slighted you on the way up, you got you to gotta say it because yeah, man. otherwise people going to fall into the same situations that you fell into. Facts. Like, I had a friend, and it's his story to tell, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell it on, on mm-hmm. air, but he's dealing with, like, this record label who essentially had him do um like a month's work of work and never paid him right yeah. and then his boy got on um he was like i'm not gonna say nothing because i'm gonna let him have his own experience i don't right. want to seem like a hater blah 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 and then his boy get on and he and he do two works a month uh two months of work for free and i think like the reason i you know, uh, think it's important to, you know, have these kind of conversations. And then, you know, in terms of just like people that slighted you in any type of way is because um, we're habitual people. Right. So is we're in most cases, we don't have like a unique experience, like a person that's going to slight you is going to slight somebody else. Right. So, you know, if we and we, we're not necessarily saying names, but in terms of that conversation, like um, you know, I, I think it's important to 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 call people out by name, like Charlemagne is doing. Such and such fired me yeah. from radio in Philadelphia. Said I never make it in radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 
This yeah. is, or you might get to a place where you like, man, it ain't even worth it. Bro. I'm just telling you the story, but this is what happened to me. But this person shall not, you know, he not, he not go get no airtime on my podcast. No, no, no. Not only that, the worst <coughs> motherfuckers are the ones that try to speak limitations on you. You'll yeah. never do this, or you'll never be good at this. Or yeah. I had a trainer. I swear to God, when my when I first got my CDL, I had a trainer that I had to go over the road with. Imagine two grown men sharing a truck, which got very worn out. But he told me, like, yeah, maybe truck is not for you, man. You just you don't seem like you're built for it. Motherfucker really told me that. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker really told me that. And seven years later, I'm still driving trucks. Not only that, I'm local and I make decent money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who the fuck are you to tell me yeah. that I'm not gonna be good? I'm not gonna make it in trucking. Or maybe trucking's not for you when you are working a job. Over the road, nonstop, you never see your family, right? When I left that place, I was only on the road for two months. By the time I got back home, because I was off the road, like it wasn't for me, I had a job within like four days when I got back home. Yeah. I've been local ever since. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He couldn't believe I landed a job in four days because mm-hmm. I called him, but I called him just to kind of stun on him. <laughs> like, yo, man, yeah, I found a local job. Oh, where do you work at? Oh, man, just this place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Some motherfuckers, man, don't let them front on you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. And I, and I know some of y'all might be going through it. You're around a lot of family, right? Let's say a lot of your family is not in good physical health. Let's say a lot of them is out of shape. And let's say you kind of out of shape, right? And then you decide to go on this health journey. You eating cleaner food. You working your ass off. And, and let's use a woman for an example. And all of a sudden, your ass start popping out. Boom! Ass popping out. Thighs getting tight waist shrinking up everything is on point you got your hair done your nails done you look like a motherfucking ig model mm-hmm. a real one uh with a, with a real body not the uh, bbl mm-hmm. but anyways you've done all this work on yourself and now you notice your family are revealing themselves mm-hmm. now they're saying things like you still going to the gym mm-hmm. why you go to the gym so much mm-hmm. they will literally start like almost downing you for doing positive shit yeah. Just because they can't help the fact that you are, that you've transformed your life into something great. Mm-hmm. When a, the, the, the people that really expose themselves are the motherfuckers that will talk down on you for doing something positive. You going to that financial seminar, seminar again? Yeah. Why are, you going, why are you trying to get financially literate for? Yeah. Why did you get an LLC? Why are you going to use an LLC for? You want to start a business? Why are you, going, why are you opening a barbershop? There's there's a definitely a tone. There's a, like there's this. Um, you still doing that little podcast? <laughs> there's a work that I do like in 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 the form of uh, self help that I'm kind of like. I'm gonna say I'm, I've only I've been doing it for the past. Um, let's say maybe like three months, um, and I and I I start to hear that that tone, like what? oh you you're you're still doing that or oh you. Th- I, you think you'll be doing that for like you know yeah. for the rest of your life? And I'm just like, like yeah, it's like it's helped me out a great a great deal. It's when, changed when pe- my life, right? When people kind of formulate these questions, they don't realize that how bad I feel for you. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I feel bad for you. Don't feel <laughs> bad for me. Don't look at me like I'm the one delusional. I'm, I'm the I'm, one enlightened out here, right? I'm the one enlightened. I'm the one that <laughs> I, I'm. I know myself, yeah, and I I want to become my higher self, and I know what that entails. So I'm on a journey. I have a passion. Mm-hmm. I have multiple passion projects and things that I'm working on. And you don't understand it because you just do what you do over there. Mm-hmm. But do me a favor and just stay the fuck over there 
and stop questioning what I'm doing, you don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I feel bad for some people, man. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, I've said it many times, and I mean it. This will be one of the top podcasts in America someday. I really fucking feel it, and I don't have a choice. Yeah. I don't have a choice. Otherwise, why the fuck would I be doing it? Mm-hmm. You know? It's like somebody playing basketball, and and he's probably in junior high or high school, and they're like, so what do you want to do? You want to just, like, do you want to just, like, just go to college, and then that's it? And he'd be like, I want to go to the NBA. And then people going to literally be like, you want to go to NBA, man? You're 5'11". Mm-hmm. You're 5'11", Dave. You got to have realistic goals. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the problem with that. Why can't I think I'm going to the NBA? Because even if I don't make it, I will get as close as you can fucking get to the NBA. Why would I not try to get there? Mm-hmm. Think about the logic with that. If I don't make it to the NBA, maybe I could go overseas and play. Yeah. Maybe I could play in another – maybe I could play in the G League. Maybe I could play in some other professional league. Mm-hmm. But you're just telling me <clears throat> I should never even have that in not my fucking – Not even try. Not even try? Yeah. A lot of motherfuckers don't even try. Man, Keith. Don't even try. Man, Keith, are you still trying to why are you why are you trying to be a good person, man? Mm-hmm. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a wild statement. That's basically what so you just want to be saying. an asshole your whole life? Yeah, you just want to be a piece of shit. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and the crazy thing is is imagine like you like I mentioned the the weight loss journey and you know, you start reading a lot and you 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 learn you you go to therapy. There are some people that do a full fucking makeover. I'm talking yeah. about a real makeover. Therapy, weight training, getting a diet right, um, reading books, becoming more financially literate. Mm-hmm. And they do it so much that in five years it becomes them. Those yeah. habits start to consume them. Yeah. They become a new person. And the people that knew them five or six years ago was like, this is this how they interpret it. Did you see Jessica? She thinks she's better than everybody. Mm-hmm. Jessica don't think she's better than everybody, but she is. She is better than everybody. She's better than you? Yeah. What Where'd the fuck are at? you doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the, the uh, you always hear the people like, man, I never changed. I was the same, same nigga since day one. And I get that it's a it's a cliche that doesn't literally mean like you're the same person and more so yeah. means like change is good. You're not, you know, you're not getting Hollywood on people or whatever right. the case may be. Um, but in terms of just changing, like cha- like you said, change is good. You know, if you because we have um some things um you don't know what you don't know, right? So there's some bad habits that we all have or some, you know, some things that we some areas in our life where we kind of lack in, whether that's losing weight or, Facts. you know, financial literacy, spending a lot of money and all these different things and stuff that we could kind of uh, nip in the butt. And then it could literally change the trajectory trajectory of our lives. Um, but it comes with like cha- changing, you know what I mean? And growth and, and the maturation and um, kind of going back to that original point, like sometimes that requires like, a change in your tone sometimes that requires like a change in your conversations one person could one person could call you like hey man let's go to bricks on friday or man you know i just i just had this wild night with this girl man she had a fat booty and it's just like you just listening like hey bro i'm not really interested in those type of conversations i'm just not and they like like what's wrong with you like you know what i mean so yeah sometimes it like when you do when you when you make real strides in your life right it like what I realized 
in terms of like my goal my goal is to uh be a working filmmaker like right i have a script that i, I want to make this movie in bakersfield and um i'm going to do it right and um but what i realized in that journey i had to like get some things right like some right. other like some other procrastination things i had 100%. to get you know i had to get together like some some communication things that i mm-hmm. that i had going on get right with you know my moms and some other so right. so it like you know, you, I have this destination, mm-hmm. and um, I realized that there were some things that were like preventing me from really, from really doing it full circle. A hundred percent. Some things, some issues I had with being vulnerable and stuff like that, and just telling people what I'm going through. So you get right with all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, okay, I could finally see the, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel because everything is kind of like moved out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, here's the thing. You would think that certain things don't have anything with where where you want to go or whatever your destination is, but there's so many things that encompass that whole energy. Yeah. Like, it's things that you don't think that um, could prohibit you from making it there, but it's little shit. Yeah. You know, the, the conversations you have, the mo- like the most conversations you have, the, uh, the, uh, the most common conversations you have, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, the women you deal with, you can't be trying to focus on writing a script and you dealing with hoes. It don't work. It don't work. Mm-hmm. You need level-headed women. You need good friends. You need good energy. You need to be well-read. You, yeah. need to, you need to have a system and something that's keeping you locked in on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can't be drinking alcohol every motherfucking day and be the best writer. Mm-hmm. Some people say, well, no, that's not true. I know some people that, well, they, that those people are anomalies. Yeah. You know, they're functional alcoholics. We're talking about regular people now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to lock in. You And by locking in on whatever it is, that means you got so many things. Like, the way you deal with people, the the, the women is a big one, believe it or not. Because the shit will catch up to you. If you just a dog-ass motherfucker, you treating women yeah. like shit, calling them bitches and shit and treating them bad. Yeah. That shit, that shit could fuck your whole career up. You, you look at a guy like Nick Cannon, bro. At some point, he gonna stop getting gigs, cause he fucking everybody. <laughs> this nigga having another baby. That's crazy. <laughs> that is just sick. <laughs> like, bro, I understand that. Wait, but here's the thing too. Nick got a problem, but ain't nobody talking about these sorry ass women though. They sorry. Mm-hmm. They sorry. People will say, well, you don't know them. You can't say that. You are sorry. You a sorry motherfucker because you had a baby by a dude that got nine, ten baby mamas. You did it to create a <laughs> lifestyle. You sorry. <laughs> That's sorry, bro. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. No one talks about that. But imagine this. Imagine you go to a major network. They want to start this new multi-billion dollar uh, streaming service. Mm-hmm. And then I'm Nick Cannon. And I walk in there. They're going to think, oh, this nigga got 20 kids. I can't have him up here representing my company. <laughs> Let me choose Eddie McGee. He need a reality show. Yeah, no. you need to. Yeah. What, what, <clears throat> you eliminate opportunities from your life based on your lack of control in other situations. If you have slapped every woman you've dated and they, they had some form of complaint about you slapping them in the face and you walk into some... I don't know, you walk into another multi-billion dollar deal and you say, hey, yeah, man, I, I've been doing this. I'm a big fan of this. Disney going to be like, this nigga slaps women. We cannot have him up here. Yeah. Yeah. You I, kill you killing <clears throat> opportunities with your lack of behavior. I think um, one thing I realized is like how you do 
anything is how you do everything, Facts. right? Like I know people that have um, like habits with uh, not finishing food, right? Oh God. I hate like, those people. It'll be like, you know, just say they have a hamburger. It'll be like one bite just left on the thing and they'll, th- they'll throw it away. But that translates to uh, other aspects of their life. Right? Finish so the job. You don't, you don't finish, you know, like, oh, you have this this great idea to um, do this uh, this mural in your house or something. For the love like of God, that. ladies, when you come, shit. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so like it just, it just, it it goes in, in in every aspect of your life. So that person that that is um, not disciplined enough to you know not have so many kids, or that person that's not disciplined enough not to cheat, like it it all like it it all works as one. You got it. Like us as individuals, our lives are all like every aspect of it is intertwined, right? Nice. So you know that person that is like abusing their wives is going to come. It's going to come back. Oh, yeah. You know, in some way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. it's going to prevent you from doing what you need to do. Exactly. <clears throat> and then the lies keep going, right? So that is, you know, the 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 infidelity is essentially like a lie. But it's like, where, where else in your life are you lying? You're probably lying to your kids. Mm-hmm. You're probably lying to your mom. You're mm-hmm. probably lying. And then, you know, the the little things start to, to come up. Like, mm-hmm. hey, where are you headed? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to the store. And then really you're going somewhere else. And, you know, it's just the whole thing. So I think, like. The best, the best thing for anybody to do is to kind of live. You want to be um, that person you are when like nobody is around, or Man, nobody can see you. That's you want to be. You want to be. Uh, you want to make sure that person is tight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got to be tight. Got to mm-hmm. be wet. Um, <laughs> no, <I'm> not- <laughs> mm-hmm. no, you're a hundred percent right with that because mm-hmm. the other day, uh, I think it was a week or so ago. Um, my house wasn't all messy or anything, but I had some shit that needed to be buttoned up mm-hmm. and I was about to go to the gym and I closed the door and I made sure I cleaned the dishes. I wiped all my counters down, mm-hmm. mopped the floor, vacuumed up real good. Then I went to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain, like there's certain, there's a certain type of, uh, how do you say there's certain, I guess, principles or certain things you need to build up within yourself mm-hmm. and it needs to be real. Yeah. It needs to be real. It can't be something like I'm gonna do. I'm I'm gonna try to do this. Like no, nigga, you need to button down and do this. Mm-hmm. That needs to be who you are. Because a lot of times we think about even if it's just being clean, right? Mm-hmm. We'll be like, oh, I'll get to that later. You know, I just live here. Nobody else live here. It's just me. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, imagine when you get a you get a lady, right? Y'all y'all in love and shit. She living with you now. It is not a woman's job to clean up after you. You a grown ass man. You better get down there and pick that fucking shit up. You better, yeah. you better be able to pick. If you make a mess, you spill some shit on the ground, don't leave it there for your girl to clean up. You're yeah. a grown-ass man. There's no reason why you should be leaving that shit on the fucking floor. You mm-hmm. should not be throwing your underwear on the ground. Yeah. Everything should be put away in a hamper, in the yeah. dirty clothes or the clean clothes, or it needs to be folded, whatever the case. You should have a bunch of shit on your counters. Mm-hmm. Get your shit in line so it won't be a problem. Mm-hmm. I think that when you do enough self like. If you look inward, if you're a very uh, introspective person, if you do that enough, you will make it very convenient for whoever comes into your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, uh, like I was saying before, how you do anything is how you do everything. Kind of right. to go along with that point, I was talking to um, one of my uh, OGs earlier and um, 
he was like, we were just talking about a bunch of stuff, um, generational wealth and all that. And he was like, man, we got to we got to go have lunch one day. And I was like, I was like, one day never comes. So we got to set a date right Facts. now. And I yes. pulled out my phone and I was like, OK, we're going to have lunch on this day. And that's like that's how I operate now. You know what I mean? Mm, but yeah. the funny part is going back to the original conversation. Somebody may hear that conversation and be like, oh, keep change. Like he moved different now. Like, mm. you know, he don't. He like you know I don't know I try to call him one day and he don't he don't even answer the phone like he used to. Or he we, don't use condoms no more. <laughs> For sure, I ain't using no condoms. <laughs> spread, spread my seed. That nigga Nick Cannon, he done laid the blueprint. If you want to have half a billion dollars, you just got to start going raw in these hoes. I, to be honest, I don't know Nick Cannon personally as a human being, and he may be a decent person. But truth be told, that is a massive character issue. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's a it's a problem. It's a massive mm-hmm. character issue that you're doing this with this many women, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know what your objective is. I don't know you're trying to start a basketball team or something. I don't know what the fuck he's trying to do. But goddamn, yeah. motherfucker, shit. <laughs> we had the conversation before, but the idea, like, um, I know what it looks like to not personally, but just from family members. Um, I know what it looks like to have uh, uncared or unattended children or uncared for children and um, having a lot of kids um, and also trying to like be a successful entertainer and content creator and all this stuff. It just doesn't work. No, it's just not. It's really not enough time in a day. Um, And. It does take a village, but we understand the importance of having a father figure in the household. You've literally just <clears throat> you you've reduced your children's whole life. Here's why: there's such a I won't say it. There's kind of a domino effect, but not really. I, I will say, you look at the woman who had a kid by Nick Cannon, right? Think about how hard it's going to be for her, and uh, f- forget what she's talking about, but. For her to find a male role model for her child because Nick Cannon is just busting nuts in everybody. He's not going to be an in-house father. Mm-hmm. He just got you pregnant and you accepted the lifestyle, but you don't have a man in the house to help you raise the child. And I know we live in a time where people say, you don't need two parents. You should. I think you're short. You are shortchanging. Uh, you, science to back it up. Right. You're, <laughs> you are shortchanging the child. Mm-hmm. By saying I don't need a man. Well, you a man stuck his dick in your vagina. That was enough. You needed a man then, but not one to raise the fucking kid. Hello, like hmm. people, you got to cut this bullshit out. It's unfair. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids ain't having two parent households, and that ain't right. Yeah, that ain't right, man. Mm-hmm. It ain't right, and you made it even more unattainable because. It's going to be a bunch of niggas like, yo, that's Nick Cannon's baby. I ain't going to be around her. I can't be stepdaddy to that. Yeah. Because Nick Cannon, the way he got these women, even if they get married, Nick Cannon could probably still come over there and fuck. Ha! <laughs> ain't no telling. He'll be wilding out on that pussy. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in there freestyling hitting the pussy. The reason why I'm here is for the pussy, but you was a wussy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, man. yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Wild times. Nick Cannon's a wild boy. I'll tell you what. Them wilding out girls. Yeah, those girls are getting. Oh, they're getting. People be living like when you get really wealthy, and you don't even need to be like really wealthy. You could be like, you could be semi rich. You yeah. could be making two hundred fifty 
thousand, three hundred thousand a year. When you start get to get into those numbers, like your lifestyle almost becomes unrealistic. Yes, it does. Hell like yeah. the access you have, yeah, the type of women you you get, the type of people you you run into because they, they see you. And then it, it come. And then like if you're not if you're not checking your ego at the door, you could get real. You could get real cocky with it, like yeah, you know, in terms of like the infidelity and cheating. Yes, like my girl gonna leave me. Like I'm, right. making, I'm the one that's paying all the bills. She gonna yeah. leave me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You can start thinking that certain things you're doing are normal when they're not. Like you shouldn't have a threesome two times out of the week. <laughs> like yeah. that, that many women didn't want to give you pussy before you had all that money, sir. You need that to slow facts. your roll, brother. Slow that your roll. Facts. Yeah, and and here's the problem too. There's some men that their ego will get exploded when they get that money, thinking that you know having threesomes and shit is what you're doing. But here's the problem: is the girls that you fucking, they were fucking other guys the same way. Mm-hmm. So like, don't 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 get uh don't act like you're a unique experience, sir. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just glad that me and Keith are of age. So I think when we become when we when we attain the success we want, we're gonna be so buttoned down in our truth and our and our responsibilities as men that we just you know we're not gonna be swayed and being in some fuck shit. You're not gonna yeah. hear about me and Keith in some type of tabloid. Yeah, but, but I mean, but I think for us, um, the money is just a byproduct of my goal, right? Hundred percent. So I want to be a, a working filmmaker. Um, an artist and um, that's nowhere in there is like getting rich or making a million dollars right no. that's just a byproduct if you if you direct Black Panther 2 um, you're gonna probably get a million dollar you know check or I don't know how much you know Brian Coogler is getting paid to, to shoot that movie but um, it's just a byproduct of, you know, working in the entertainment industry. But the goal is the goal. Yeah. You know, the the money is just a byproduct of that. So when you think about attaining your goal or, you know, whatever, like if you win the lottery tomorrow, you might walk, you might have a little extra pep in your step. But like you didn't do anything to earn that. Too. Yeah, exactly. It's that to me, that's still not my goal. My goal is not to just have a lot of money. My goal is to do what yeah. I want to do. So. When you that's the scary thing about the lottery. Like if you really follow the stories, motherfuckers literally die mm-hmm. like a year and a half after they won the lotto mm-hmm. and they go broke too. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. It's some people that won 20, 30 million dollars, they lost everything. Man. It's like that's God possible. damn. You realize like one it's not that's not a that's a lot of money, but it's it's enough money to spend. Um yes, and it then is. also like if you're not you could have you could you could get your um, your tax return right. It could be like four thousand um, dollars, and that could that could that could be going in two weeks. You know, that could yeah. be going in a week if you're not finding a way to make you know to make that make money. So yeah, there's somebody probably in 1990, right? They won the lotto, and that was what, what was that 31 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look, let's say. In 1990, they got 30 million dollars, and then today they ran out of all their money. You mm-hmm. still fucked your money up, believe it or not. Yeah, you still fucked it up, even with inflation and all that shit. You still blew your money. Yeah, if with 30 million dollars, you didn't have the you didn't have the the mental capability, just the knowledge of what it took to grow that 30 million. Yeah, because that 30 million has to make it through inflation. It has to make it through uh, just. Man, because you, I think about how much shit cost in the 90s versus now. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. 
wild. I posted a picture on Thursday, Throwback Thursday, and I posted the McDonald's prices mm-hmm. in the nineties. It was a um, uh, a quarter pounder with cheese combo, and it was three twenty nine mm. for a combo. Three twenty nine. Like, what nine dollars now? Man, that shit up there, something like that. Yeah, probably like, ten. Something. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, because what oh they my do, God. they put the they put the sandwich cost and then they put the uh, combo cost. Mm-hmm. But the combo that they put on there be low key be like the small size. Yeah, so bro. And then they ask you the size and the the price ain't even on the menu. Fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. Yo, McDonald's <clears throat> is expensive, bro. And yeah, like, I'm different. not broke, but it's expensive. Yeah. Especially when you're 37 years old and you remember getting McChickens for only $1. The dollar menu? Ain't no dollar menu no more, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Talking about like financial literacy. That's why it's like for, for a lot of us, we got to we gotta get right before we start to come across money. Yes. Because right? um, I had a friend and I don't know what happened, but, you know, some girl dropped some money off to him. And... Before it even hit his pocket, he was trying to spend it. What? Like, we we were just, like, hanging out, like, riding and stuff like that. Some girl dropped some money off to him. And he, by the time he sat down, he was already offering to pay people, like, pay for people mm-hmm. to eat or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. I'm like, bro, like, like it ain't, it's burning a hole in your pocket. You could, you could save that. At least stretch it for a week. You know what I mean? So, but, yeah, some people are so stupid that, like, having money for them is becomes a status symbol, too. Mm-hmm. Where they'll have a million dollars, but every time they go out to places, they'll be like, "Hey, hey, I'm paying for everybody in here." Yeah, and they're like, "Oh my god, thank you!" And in that moment, you felt like a big shot, but just you just spent fucking six thousand dollars McDonald's. You fucking idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that's you're not shy, how you say that's not how you stay rich. No, you don't stay rich. Like here's the thing: you can be um, uh, what do you call that? A person who gives a lot. To Philanthropist. You can you can be a philanthropist philanthropy mm-hmm. is a good thing but mm-hmm. in order to make it to that point uh you need to have a lot of resources sir mm-hmm. if you own 50 rental properties you can do some philanthropy yeah if you own multiple lucrative businesses you can exercise philanthropy <laughs> but if you just got motherfucking uh a million dollars in the lottery you might want to not give away money. Mm-hmm. You just you you're better off not doing it. Mm-hmm. If people call you selfish, fuck them. Yeah, there's a reason why you know you're able to sustain it versus mm-hmm. them spending a tax returns in a week every time yeah. they get it. Yeah, and in this society, we we understand a million dollars is not a lot of money. It's really not. Yeah, but you could spend that fast. But 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 it is a lot of money in the sense that it is the most leverage that you will ever get in your life a million dollars gives you so much leverage Mm -hmm. to where you can literally devise a plan to grow that million dollars you can literally figure out hey can i invest in this company here that they're just starting up this restaurant that's starting up i want this much percent i want to own this much percent of this Mm -hmm. if you own let's say you own 13 percent of a very successful company you're doing pretty good. Yeah. You get a franchise. I think uh, Rick Ross was saying after, he's like, we broke even after a year or something like yeah, that with, like the wings, year, with the wing stops. And then he was yeah. he was, he was was bringing in money, like a couple M's or yeah. million dollars guess, a year. I guess, I guess Gilly was trying to make fun of him recently for purchasing a cow. But yeah. initially that beef started. Rick Ross is, 
it's like I wouldn't even question that. Like right. when you start to see the Jay Z's, the Rick, you know, Rick Ross's, the Fifty Cents, and they start doing weird stuff, just like Jay Z buying art and stuff like that. Like, yeah. don't question. I think Drake had a line like, you know, kind of throwing shots at Jay Z for buying art, but um, I wouldn't even question certain people's moves. There's certain people that just have mm-hmm. a different frame uh, of mind, and they also be around different people somebody i'm sure jay-z had a conversation with some very there wealthy you go. person i was going like, there. hey man you should start you should start investing in art you know yeah. it's, it's, it's booming out here yeah um and then you know he that's his life so he rapping about it and then people making fun of him and they like he like you making fun of me for buying art oh yeah. you just ignorant you don't you even know what's, you going know, you know what's going oh, on you making fun of me for buying a cow oh you don't you don't know you what's, know what's going, going on yeah you know how much free milk i'm getting out of that cow especially <laughs> when you like <laughs> Especially, and I don't know what Philadelphia is like, but in Bakersfield, um, we we grew. I mean, we grew up with the uh, the Future Farmers of America, the FFA, yeah, FFA, and all them, and they Big was raising out here. Yeah, and they go to the fair and sell their pig or whatever the case every year and, and make, make some money racks, on it. make yep. some racks off exactly. That yep. So we know we know what that looks like. High school out here. kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know some of them actually live on, you know, farms and they got real animals and Facts. stuff that they tend to. I think, my, I think the homie uh, Marvin back in the day, <coughs> shout out to Marvin January. He, I think he had a pig and he sold it for some money back in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nah, man, um, in, in, in regards to what you said about Jay probably rubbing shoulders, it's, it's kind of what I think about with like Kevin Edwards mm-hmm. when he goes to these Bugatti things or whatnot. Yeah. I'm sure that there are people there that... They rub shoulders and they have just literally listening in a conversation with a bunch of people who have these high-end cars. They've got businesses everywhere. Yeah. And they probably mention and say things. Yeah. And you, if you give them your business card, they might talk to you a couple minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and that one conversation is worth $230,000. That next guy's conversation is worth $400,000. Uh, you might get an M off another conversation. Yeah. You know, hey, well, they have these older cars here. These Bentleys are from 1940-something here. You mm-hmm. get a good, you get it for cheap for about $182,000. You go get one for $182,000, and then you rent that same Bentley out to Universal Studios, and they have it for four months, and you've made three, two, three million dollars off. Mm-hmm. It's crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Andrew Schultz is talking about rich people, too, about what they do with... Um, uh, getting cars mm-hmm. and how those cars hold value. They put those cars on Toro and they go on Toro and motherfuckers are just using these new cars and they're making money around the clock, 24 hours a day. See, yeah. that's the thing. And and I think that the 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 limited access to um, financial, financial or, or generational wealth, excuse me, like a lot of black people didn't have access to generational wealth. If you understand the history, history or the historical context of, mm-hmm. you know, generational wealth in the black community, it wasn't very prevalent based on the fact that it was suppressed mm-hmm. by the government and by uh, systemic racism mm-hmm. and by white supremacy. Like mm-hmm. this is a real thing. If you actually understood when people just say white supremacy, people be like, oh, God, here they're talking about white people. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that at that time, that was socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. It's not now, but there has been an obvious suppression in wealth and conversations surrounding wealth. And what happens is a lot of the conversations are new, even to Jay-Z, who's a billionaire. A person that starts selling art in his 50s, Mm -hmm. you know, that you people have been selling off art for years. 
Mm-hmm. So this is information he's investing in art, investing in mm-hmm. art. Right. And the thing about art, what makes it so suspe- so expensive is art is priced based on no metrics. Mm-hmm. It's not based off of, oh, he used this much paint or he used this much paint. No, it's based can't off measure of, it. No, yeah. you can't measure it. If I tell you that what's what's whatever's on this canvas is worth two hundred million dollars. That's what it is. Fucking yeah. Andy Warhol. How much is his paintings worth? I don't know. Basquiat had the highest selling painting, though. What was his? Basquiat. I don't remember specifically. I could probably look it up. What's funny, too, is is the whole idea with Basquiat. Um, freaking Jay-Z has the same type of hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. That's so probably I, his inspiration. It's probably his inspiration, you know? Curious how much his went for. Probably what? About, probably, probably like $2 million or some shit. Like $2.3 million. I think it was way more than that. Really? Yeah, record-breaking. And I'm reading the headline, so mm-hmm. if if it's not exactly correct. Okay. Uh, but record-breaking $110.5 million. Wow! Basquiat shocks attendees at Southeast. Uh, $319.2 million oh my God. post-war and contemporary evening sale. Oh, what, what year was this, dude? This is 17. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, this is nuts. And you mm-hmm. talk about, you know, you ever seen some artists that just go into fashion? Mm-hmm. Like ASAP Rocky is really into fashion. Mm-hmm. And people be like, man, what the fuck is he doing over there? Uh, <clears throat> it's a lot of money in fashion. Yeah. A lot of money in it. Uh, a designer is over there too. Mm-hmm. The rapper designer. Mm-hmm. He's like involved in fashion. That's cool. So it's like, yeah, there's so many avenues to get money, man. But yeah. that's what I what I realized that one day I was on uh, YouTube, and you know your algorithm is catered to your searches. Um, so sometimes it I'll get a bunch of like music stuff that'll pop up. Sometimes I'll get a bunch of like Amazon, eBay stuff that'll pop up, and sometimes it'll be like virtual real estate. And I'm like, bro, it's not even about finding like, isn't it's not like a, it's not a gold rush, right? right? Like. Everything is a gold rush. If you just hyper focused on like this is like for me, right? Like I sold my first beat on this thing called BeatStar mm-hmm. um a few weeks ago. And I was like kind of juice. I was like, dang, it's but it's really people out here like selling like uh Lil Nas X Old Town Road was a beat that was on that website that he just bought or whatever oh, wow. and you know, dude made a lot of money or whatever. Um but I'm like, it's really just about hyper focusing on one of these avenues and just going crazy, um, you know, so whether it's like, you know, selling freaking uh, mugs on eBay or mm-hmm. selling beats on the website or just doing, I mean, talked about my boy, like if he just doing reels every single day, like it don't so matter where you, shit, man. it's just about putting your attention somewhere and yeah. being intentional about, you know. Yeah. Chance the Rapper made millions out. off fucking hats. The, with the three on with it. With a three on it. There's mm-hmm. literally no, <laughs> there's no real creative like, like process behind it. He mm-hmm. just has a number three on the back. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the front of his hat. Mm-hmm. And he made literal millions yeah. off of that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. That, I, think, I think that, I guess the... Um, I don't know. I don't want to call it simplistic, but it's just simple for some people to make money. There's somebody that's literally selling paper. Like they sell sheets of paper. There's a motherfucker somewhere selling paper and he makes $6 million mm-hmm. a year. There's somebody, that, these little fuzz things, 
these yeah. little mic covers. Mm-hmm. It's a motherfucker that sells these. He probably makes $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. He's probably somewhere in the Bahamas. Yeah. And he sells phone covers for fucking microphones. Mm-hmm. I want to be that guy. Yeah. I want to be the guy. And I'm not going to tell you what I do because mm-hmm. I don't want you getting in on my business. Yeah. Don't try and to. Be, and it be like some of it, some of it is like, um, like no brainers. Right, like, right, right. We, I have, there's a million products in here and mm-hmm. somebody sold it. Yes. And somebody made it. And then the per, the person that made it sold it to somebody. So they at a wholesale price. And then that person sold it on Amazon or 100%. eBay or whatever. And then it's just like, but, but we kind we as the average citizen look at things as like unattainable. Yes. And that's like, just not good. It's not, a, no. Like we're consuming it all, but you think it's wild to own the right. company? Like, really? Yeah. And not, not only that, like if you really narrow things down, literally every single product in this room, Everything that's on me and Keith, our clothes, everything has been on a truck. Everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those trucks go to certain docks. Mm-hmm. Those docks have a bunch of different products. Mm-hmm. Remember, I think it was during the pandemic, you had gotten some things and I went to grab you some masks. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. The all that decky. came off of a truck. Yeah, mm-hmm. that all came off of a truck. Mm-hmm. So you could actually physically go out and get these things from certain distribution places. Yeah. You can... You can literally sell them online. You can mm-hmm. literally print things on them, create a price, mm-hmm. create a website, mm-hmm. and, and, and literally put out a product that you probably didn't do too much work to get out, mm-hmm. but you can make a living doing it mm-hmm. and run it up. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it is. And then that's just physical products, right? Right, right. There's like, um, like seminars and stuff you can sell. I'm, I'm taking a yoga class and just for the sake of transparency, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, and I got a discount cause I'm black. <laughs> there's like a, there's like a is minority bl- discount. Or oh, something. it is. Yeah. Uh, just uh, enter nigga 15. <laughs> <laughs> discount code nigga 15. <laughs> that was funny. Discount code nigga three fifths. Uh, <laughs> get three fifths off right now when you sign up. <laughs> No, nah, but um but um yeah, so the the class is for me it's like one one forty a month. Jeez, uh, that's a whoa. And it's like a it might be like a it's a few months, but it's like Shit. Uh, I need five, some, six months program or I something. I need some head with that price. <laughs> it's expensive. But I say that to say like the class it has maybe like nine of us in there, maybe. Yep. So you yeah. know what? Let me take that statement back. I'm not going to say that's too expensive. I'm going to tell you why. Because the cost that you pay for that is something that you genuinely need. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If I said, if I was, let's say I start making more and more money and I pay per month, I pay, mm, I'm paying seven, let's say I'm paying $12,000 a month to an Mm -hmm. in-house chef. Mm -hmm. If I'm paying him $12,000 a month, this motherfucker knows how to make everything. Yeah. He knows how to cook everything yeah he knows how to make it exactly the way that i want it yeah i'm paying for convenience but but even with that like outside of like the yoga i i'm learning to be technically learning to be a yoga teacher so if i wanted to open up a studio i could be a yoga teacher yeah you got to be careful though. Some of the yoga teachers be grabbing pussy and shit. <laughs> like, keep stretching. Keep pulling it back. <laughs> keep stretching that leg back. There you go. Open it up right here. Just getting the go. downward dog. Okay. All right. All right. Like, just... Why is there a hole in my legging? <laughs> 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 there's yeah. a there's a picture of some yoga instructor and it, and it's it's like viral. 
mm-hmm. where he's like having these girls stretch. But as he's stretching, like he got his hand like between her legs, like resting his hand on her stuff. Yeah, and, it, and then people was just like, wait a minute. The yoga instructor ain't supposed to have his hand right there. Yeah. That's the interesting part. It's like, because um, what, what I've learned in like yoga is that like there is a, it's it's like music, right? So um, when you look at the Billboard Hot 100, you think that that's what great music sounds like. Uh-huh. But in reality, that's just the most popular music. Mm, but there's some album that's like maybe an artist got a hundred thousand streams a month, and he just got the f- most fire album. You Bro, heard it happens the all the time. Years. Yeah. So the same thing with uh, with yoga. Like, there's a very pop culture version of yoga that um, we get taught, or we you know we kind of reference with the yoga pants and all this other stuff. But that's mm. not like the real bare bones I love yoga. yoga pants. <laughs> Some of them girls when, be thick, when, huh? When a girl come over your house at two in the morning and she got yoga pants on with a sweater, yeah. you about to get some pussy. Yeah. You know it's going down when you see them yoga pants. Oh, for sure. But if they come over with some jeans and um they got a whole like dress up, then mm-hmm. just be prepared to finish that movie. <laughs> That's all them, you- them LA like yoga girls be like weird though. What do you mean? It'd be like the white girls with dreads. Oh God, the very the the, yeah. the, the very like very liberal yeah. uh, white girls with dreads. I've just been getting in touch with my chakras and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and every day I wake up, it's it's you know spinach tea and, <laughs> and uh, mai tai latte. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right now I'm just on this like water diet. I just stop eating food completely. Yeah, it's, it's just. It's just water and chia seeds and <laughs> flax seeds and all the seeds mixed yeah. together to make a super seed and like <laughs> like this is what I like to do in Black Lives Matter and like I've like, just oh been my making God. my own deodorant. I just <laughs> crushed up some blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> you got blueberry deodorant. Get the fuck away from me. Oh, uh, yo, this is not the time to use that natural deodorant. <laughs> it's too hot out here. Huh? Yeah, you be yeah. like, oh my god. Put some Yo, aluminum this is how bits. you know there's a political problem in America. If you could say certain things and it matches up with a party. For example, who eats bloody steaks? <laughs> Conservatives. Mm-hmm. Who is more uh, white with dreadlocks? Liberals. Liberals. Who is more likely to have an American flag in their yard? A conservative. conservative. Who is more likely to be a vegan? Liberals. Liberals. Who is more likely? I'm 100%. I'm batting 1,000 out here. <laughs> batting 800. <laughs> Who is more likely to eat a veggie burger? Liberals. Liberals. Who is more likely to eat a real burger? Conservatives. <laughs> Who is more likely Juicy to drive? Burger. Here, I'm not done. Who is more likely to drive a big truck? Conservative. Conservative. Who is more likely to uh, ooh, oh, drive a Prius? A liberal. liberal. Yeah. It's sad, but it's like when you really and they pay- be mad at each other too. Oh man, driving that Prius. Oh, this guy with this big truck and all the smoke blowing out of it. <laughs> they be mad, and he be mad at the Prius. Move that electric car out the way. Yeah, he's got all kind of smog running out. No, of what they'll do is they'll smoke you out too. Mm-hmm. They'll drive by with like uh, you know. Uh, a super duty or whatever, and be like, mm-hmm. ah, fucking liberals. <laughs> 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 and then they really turn it up. <laughs> yeah. That's comedy. That's a, that's real. Fucking though. black soot coming out that shit. I'll be they like, be yo. hating each other, bro. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. 
That, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's real. Switching gears. Uh, uh, switching gears. Law professor uh, Kyber Bridges um, had a conversation with Josh Howley, Senator Josh Howley. And this is how it went. A heated exchange between Bridges and Hawley during a Senate hearing captures a larger debate over inclusive language in the abortion rights movement. During a Senate hearing on Tuesday about the impact of the Supreme Court's decision to reverse Roe versus Wade, the landmark case that provided a constitutional right to abortion, Senator Josh Hawley clashed with law professor Kaya Bridges over a series of questions about who can be pregnant. Hawley, a Republican from uh, Missouri, asked Bridges, a law professor at the University of California, Berkeley, why she used the phrase people with the capacity for pregnancy when she described the impacts of abortion restrictions, restrictions and bans. And this is what he said verbatim. You've referred to people with the capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Hawley asked. Bridges responded that many cisgender women who identify with their assigned sex at birth have the capacity for pregnancy and that and that many do not. There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. She said, referring to people who identify as neither male or female, Holly shot back. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. That's what he said. She says, we can recognize that this impacts women with also recognizing that it impacts other groups, Bridges said. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Hawley, because this is it's important that we all we mention all these things real quick. Hawley continued to press Bridges and asked her what core of the right uh, what core of the right to abortion is about. So I want to recognize that your line of questioning is transphobic, Bridges responded. She continued and opens up trans people to violence. But then Hawley cut her off and the two began a tense exchange. So this is basically what happened. She then followed up with a question asking uh, Josh Hawley, so do you believe men can get pregnant? And Josh Hawley said, no. She said, well, then you're not recognizing that trans people can be pregnant or you're being transphobic. She accused him of being transphobic because he didn't think that men could get pregnant, which they cannot. Let me be very clear. This is why me and Keith wanted to bring this up. I believe that you can have an opinion and not be labeled, right? If somebody somebody will label you transphobic, we're really people are really big on labels. But even Andrew Schultz talked about this. People will label you. And that will make you radioactive and people will not have to fucking talk to you. Racist, transphobe, uh, um, woman hater, whatever. When people label you like that, you can't get that label off of you. Because mm -hmm. motherfuckers want to call you that. But here's the truth. Men cannot get pregnant. And the problem that I have with her doing this is that when you do shit like this, you dilute women's you dilute women's contribution to society, right? If you want to make an argument that men can get pregnant, that's a slap in the face to women. We, as men, we can never quantify what women go through at all. Women are the life source of the world, period. There is no life without women. So when you say shit like this, it's problematic. For example, 
A man will never know what it feels like to have swollen fucking feet while being pregnant. A man will never know how it feels to die during a pregnancy because women can fucking die while giving birth. A man will never know how it feels to have cramps so bad that he can't even leave the house. A man will never know how it feels to work out hard and you can't even really lose weight because you're running off pure estrogen. A man will never know how any of this shit feels. And it's, there's, literally, there's a laundry list of shit that women go through with their bodies. Look, a woman can have a fucked up back for the rest of her life from having a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. For the re- A woman's feet could get bigger after having a baby. Titties could get bigger. Yeah, the titties part, that's nice. <laughs> Some mommy milkers. <laughs> but yo, women go through so motherfucking much. Leave it alone, Jack. Okay? Leave it the fuck alone. This is not okay. It is not okay. A woman is a woman. A trans woman is a trans woman. Do not get those twisted because when you talk about the the contribution that women make to the world is life. That is the number one contribution in America and around the world. Life. If women decided, hey, we ain't having no kids. We want a birth ban. We ain't having no kids for 20 years. We would be fucked. Yeah. So I wonder what that would look like if the, there was no births on a given day. We'd be fucked. <clears throat> That's crazy. America would be fucked mm-hmm. if they did that. That's what the contribution is to the world, right? And I don't want to be a dick, but if you if you add if you put a birth a, a a birth born woman and a trans woman and you looked at the contributions, it is incredibly lopsided. <laughs> and I'm am, am I transphobic for saying this, or am I actually saying things that make fucking sense? Can you guys help me out, please? <laughs> I, I, it's, it's annoying when motherfuckers want to label you as transphobic just because you're making real points. And not to mention, in a world where women's rights and stuff is more aligned with, you know, more liberal ideology, right? Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, they talk about whether it's Roe v. Wade or whatever's going on. I think that if you really support women... You got to be careful with the conversations you having. You really need to be careful because that's a slippery motherfucking slope. If you talk about the conservatives and they want to stop women from doing this and this and that, okay, I think that there's, there's some validity to it because a lot of conservatives like to conflate uh, their religion into politics. Mm-hmm. And I see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the liberals, you want to fight for women's rights while also uh, oppressing women at the same time. Because you will allow a birth-born man to compete in a woman's sport. There are women getting the shit knocked out of them because they're fighting a man that is trans that has transitioned into a woman. It's equality, though. Yeah, yeah. I guess, bro, but that's not okay. I think there's a problem, and there's there's, there's women being oppressed by this shit because if you are ranked 462 as a male swimmer. And then you transition into a woman and become the number one swimmer? Guess what you just did? You just took an opportunity from a woman that could have been number one. You just took steroids. No, you just had testosterone. Yeah. Good old-fashioned testosterone. Mm -hmm. You know, and this shit's happening. Women, there are trans women getting into MMA. And Joe Rogan talked about it. They called him a transphobe. But if, if my, here's the thing. 
I talked about this. If my daughter, right, is competing and she busted her ass and she fought for she fought and competed all day in and out, right? And she is a boxer. Mm-hmm. And she makes it to the end. She's fighting a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And a trans woman put lumps on my daughter's head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad at the trans community, but I'm going to be mad at the fucking institution for allowing this. Because you ripped my daughter off and you allowed somebody to get in there that needs to be fighting somebody like them. I'm not letting no trans woman put hands on my daughter. We got to squabble. I'm being there beating Brenda's ass. <laughs> we got to fight. <laughs> My daughter getting beat up. We got a squad. It's like, yo, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a it's a it's a tough. We've never had to, as as like in America, we've never had to deal with this. But I think that especially Gen Z, they mm-hmm. just love to keep pushing the line. Just keep pushing the line. Just keep pushing the line. And you, you got to question this too. Some of it is millennials too. I'm not going to. Some of it, it is because millennials and Gen Z are more like than different. Mm-hmm. They're basically our kids. Like probably for me, my like probably like my age and younger. Yeah, but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is they're basically our kids. Me, I'm 37. So if I had a son at 20 something, he would be in high school. Yeah, right. Which means he's a Gen Zer. Yeah, Gen Zs. A lot of them come from us. Mm-hmm. They are directly from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're more and more like than different. But at the same time, man, it's like dog. It, there's certain conversations that really need to be had because this shit. This shit done went way south, sir. Yeah, the thing for me is like I, I don't, I don't know, I don't even have the energy to have the trans person conversation. My thing is more so around the um, the conversation that they were having. Yeah, S- the senator just asked a question, and she got like triggered. Like you know, you know how, and you know how it is when you're talking politics with somebody and they get triggered because right. they they steer the conversation in a way where they start spewing facts. Right. Do you know that twenty seven one in four trans people are committing suicide and all these different? It's like, yo, I just I just asked you a, a simple question, and you could tell. Like, I think in terms of communicating about um, these dense topics. In topics where you know there there may be like a a, a disconnect in, in in the belief system, um, and Senator Howley Howley is a uh, is a um, conservative. conservative. Yeah, he's a where is he from? Missouri, Missouri, a Republican senator from Missouri. Um, but I think there was an opportunity there to have like a decent conversation. Yeah, he was pretty level headed. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I don't know if, you know, I don't really know his personality. I know he is a person that is like, you know, seems to be like very stern. He's, I think he's went at Biden a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of that conversation, and this is me just interpreting it, he could have been being, he could have been being condescending or whatever. I'm not too familiar mm-hmm. with, with him as a, as a, as a communicator. Um, but, there was an opportunity there for like for both sides to be able to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think she got disgruntled and it kind of like it ruined the conversation a little bit because she could have yeah. she could have um, responded in a way where it was like, hey, like I understand that you believe that women are blah, 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 blah. But um, and scientifically or the way that we designate women now is X, Y and Z. 
And I think he might have been more receptive of that. Or if he didn't believe it, if he was just like, I just don't necessarily agree with that. She would have been like, oh, it, you know, if if the conversation would have went, you know, smoother, she could have been like, OK, um, you don't necessarily have to believe it. But as a as, you know, a professor of, you know, in Berkeley and the scientist and the science that we've um developed and research and and all that kind of stuff this is what we believe on this side and like it, there was just a uh, a better way that they could have had that conversation and when i looked at the comments because I, I just got i got triggered just because it was like bro we, we can't even have questions or conversations no. because it seems like people are so like politically charged that even in that conversation it seems like she just she had like these talking points that she just wanted to get off like um, you know, ask, do you like, I don't know, I forget how the conversation exactly went, but he just asked one question and then she just starts spewing facts. It's just like, I just asked a simple question. Like, why are you taking it over here? Why are you thinking that because I asked a question, I'm being transphobic? Why do you think because I asked a question, a question, I'm promoting um, violence towards trans people? I just don't, I don't really get the connection. But I think um, when it comes to the LGBT community when it comes to, um, you know, liberal, pe- liberable, liberable, liberal, Damn. liberal people, um, there is a, uh, a lack of communication skills. And I think the lack of communication skills primarily comes in the listening portion of, of the communication. Cause if he says, um, if he just asks a simple question and you respond by saying that trans people are committing suicide, like where in that is there an opportunity to respond in that way? You know, he's just asking, a, a, you know, few simple questions. So um, I think just overall, we need to do a better job of communicating. I think also we need to do a better job of understanding that not everybody is going to rock with no. our belief system. Not everybody... Nope. If you if you're a trans person and you think that um, you believe deep down in your heart that um, this is a lifestyle that is uh, you know fitting for you and this is this is your your reality and this is you were born in the wrong body whatever the case may be um, I think the best thing that you can do is just rock out you know live live your life the way you live it and not necessarily expect everyone to understand what you're going through. Because most people are are empathetic in a way where they have had a similar experience. Most people don't have empathy in a in a in a space where they are not um, familiar with what's going on. Like you know, somebody like let's say uh, let's say Vanessa Bryant, for instance, right? Um, obviously, Kobe Bryant, her husband, her husband passed away. There's some person out there that was like, "Dang, man." Like I really like Kobe Bryant's shoes. It sucks that he he not he not around no more. Like something like that, right? And then there's a version of that person where if they significant other passed away, they would be like, "Oh my gosh, I completely understand how Vanessa Bryant felt," mm-hmm. and that empathy would be on a much you know yeah, a much yeah, deeper yeah. level. So I think people you know in terms of the trans community, you got to understand like. There's a large section of people in society that just don't have enough empathy to really understand what you're going through. Yeah. And they may never. And that shit, you know, that's just the world we live in. So I think instead of trying to, like, 
you know, argue with senators that are obviously conservative and obviously don't understand what you're going through. Um, Just just understand that there's just a disconnect and it's never really going to be any different. Yeah, 100 Mm percent. And there's some people that uh, will have an opinion. And uh, one of them is Macy Gray. Uh, Macy Gray stated um, this is what she said. Um, on uh, on Morgan's show Uncensored on Tuesday, she said, I will say this, and everyone's going to hate me, but as a woman, just because you go change your body parts doesn't make you a woman. Sorry. Grace said that while while she supports trans rights, she draws the line at at athletic competitions. She added, if you want me to call you a her, I will because that's what you want. But that doesn't make you a woman just because I call you a her. And just because you got a surgery, a woman goes through a complete unique experience and surgery uh, and surgery and finding yourself doesn't change that. Being a little girl is a whole epic book. You know, you can't have that just because you want to be a woman. And the thing about it, dog, is like even though it might hurt you to listen to that. That's not a transphobic statement. Mm. And all the, the, the headlines are like, uh, Macy Gray makes controversial statement. That's not a controversial statement. What world do we live in where we got to fucking explain this? We Like, why are you transphobic for stating the obvious? Okay, let me, okay, let's just reel, let's reel it all in. Let's say you're a white guy, right? And let's say at the age of 21, you say, you know what? I identify as a black man. I'm now a black man. I'll be like, yo, get the fuck out of here, bro. You don't, you don't, you can't quantify what it means to be a black person in America. There's a whole experience that comes with that. I don't know what it's like to be Latino. I can't change my name to Eddie Martinez and now I'm Mexican. <laughs> that ain't how it fucking works. <laughs> so the question too is, is where do we draw the line? I feel Mexican, Keith. I'm changing my name to Eddie Martinez. That's the day. I think we were talking about this on the phone. There's a, there's a danger in uh, progressiveness. Because there's no line. Because like, it's not rooted in anything. No. Like anything could be anything. I feel. We feel, we feel a certain way. And I think that, um, I think that, uh, and this is a question that I have and it's not, it's not, meant to be like disrespectful because um i i i know well a former trans uh woman and you know we got along like i went to school with it's just a long story but i went to school with her um now it's it's a him um so that's like the situation which makes it kind of weird to talk about in in the present tense but um when it uh when it comes to um, like what the next thing looks like, right? Like, let's say, let's say it's not race. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's um, let's say it's age. Mm-hmm. What if somebody says I present myself as a twelve? What if R. Kelly was like I present myself as a thirteen-year-old? Damn, he'd be getting all the pussy. <laughs> You know, but I'm, I'm just saying like age what if, would literally be nothing but a number. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? What if what if uh, I don't know, a 12 a year old was like I present as a 21 year old and they just decide to drink. And, you know, it that's their that's their age because they feel like they 
you know, so, and that's a real feeling, right? There's a lot of people, mm-hmm. I, you know, will grow up be like, well, I kind of, you know, can talk to older people. I feel a little bit more mature than the average person my age, you know? And I never really was like, man, I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, 40 stuck in a 12 year old yeah. body. But, you know, you do have those feelings of like, oh, I'm a little bit more mature than the people around you, me. You start to create this very like wacky barometer, <clears throat> right? Where people, you, you just don't, it's just so many varying things mm-hmm. where no one has a real way of, and the thing about it, bro, is in society, we're not supposed to talk about this. We're not supposed to have an opinion on this. We're just supposed to allow you to push a narrative. And the thing about it is you could be a regular person and not transphobic. And I hate like I hate the fact that you get a title for having an opinion. And then you have to explain yourself like, yo, I'm not a hateful person. I'm not going to treat somebody differently because they're trans. You don't only get a title for having an opinion. You get a title for asking a question. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And, you know, here's the thing, too. How could we ever become... I won't say not acclimated, but how could we ever become accustomed to the trans experience if everybody's being labeled transphobic mm-hmm. and and all these ideals are being pushed on people and it's not the norm, meaning I'm not trying to say like it's literally not, not the norm. It's literally from a percentage. Most people are not trans. Mm-hmm. So when you got a whole world full of people who identify as men and women still, mm-hmm. And you got to understand that that is the majority of society. Because that's what we're taught. That's what we're taught. And <laughs> within this, what, 10 years, maybe? I think that's, uh, and this is third party Less information, but they're, I think it was, they're talking about on Joe Budden's podcast how they're uh, now leaving the gender blank or something on the birth This is crazy. This is mm-hmm. too much. I got a dick. I'm a man. <laughs> She's got a vagina. She's a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. This all this other shit, it just it's too much. <laughs> it's too fucking much. Mm-hmm. However, if you want if if you are trans, a trans woman, I will call you her. Yeah. I will. Doesn't take that much effort. I'm not gonna be pushing back on you because if I push back on you, be like, I ain't calling you a her and doing that. I think at that point, now you're getting kind of transphobic. Yeah. Now I think you're getting transphobic. If somebody wants to be called a her, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just want us to have an open line of communication, but let's be very fucking clear here, man. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to embed myself in ideology I don't subscribe to. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely do not have to. It's just. It's not. It's not fair to people who genuinely just want to ask questions and say, um, as a trans person, when did you when did you feel you wanted to become a woman? Oh my God. Why would you ask me something like that? I've always been a woman. Don't you listen? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, I went to school with you in fifth grade. Your name is Greg. <laughs> like you, you decided at the age of 18 that you wanted to transition into a woman. And you're mad at me for asking you a question? Like th- nothing would ever exist without questions. Yeah. There's nothing in the world that would exist, including us. Because at some point, somebody was like, you going to give me that pussy tonight? <laughs> had to ask for consent yeah right <laughs> yeah no nah, but uh, i guess one thing i would push back on is that the, the professor is that um i don't think anyone's ever died over a question no they haven't you no know what i mean it's non-trans and here's another thing <clears throat> there are non-trans people that are really like 
pushing the narrative and they're exacerbating the, the world view of trans people. And the thing about it is we don't talk to enough trans people to really get, you know, an idea. And Flame Monroe talked about it. Who, uh, she, uh, she's a comedian, a trans comedian. It says, uh, 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 I'm with I'm with Macy on that, that women are women and men are men. And if you're a trans woman, you are a trans woman. And it is okay. I don't think you're transphobic if you feel that way. There are a lot of trans people who just want to be trans people. And, fl- and Flame is a, she's a, a, a person that like sometimes presents as a male and mm-hmm. she talks about it. How, yep. And she still has her male appendages. She just got, I think she got breast implants and she kind of, you know, gets done up. Some trans titties. <laughs> yeah. But I think she talks about her sexual experience. She was like, I only, ha- I think she said she only has sex with women. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But the thing about it, though, is like. Andrew Schultz made a great point. Got a shout out to Brilliant Idiots podcast. But Schultz said that we don't have enough conversations with trans people to really understand what's going on. It's the same example of, you know, uh, uh, some type of race. I won't say racial, but it could be a white person that's not racist at all. Mm -hmm. But they think it's a normal thing to ask a black person, hey, can I touch your hair? Yeah. That's not normal. Mm -hmm. But your, your lack of, like your lack of uh, coexisting with black people. Like there's a lot of people in America that are segregated. They don't realize it. There's like a, a big group of black people in the area that hardly ever see white people and vice versa for white people. There's some white people that live in Oregon that don't see no blacks mm-hmm. And the only form of black um, uh, uh, like existence that they see is maybe on rap videos mm-hmm. or maybe watching a professional sport of some kind. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes down to them talking to an actual black person, they don't even know how to coexist with them. Mm-hmm. And some of that is true when it comes to trans people. I cannot tell you the last time I seen a trans person. <clears throat> the last time I seen a trans person was at McDonald's, actually. They was working the window at the one right over there off of uh, Weibel. There's a guy, uh, there's a person in uh, at the clean gym. Clean that up, huh? Yeah, at the gym we go to um, that I I believe is uh, trans. What? Which one? They got they got some titties. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. What gym is this? The same gym we go to. What? Yeah. I ain't never seen them in there. Um, said person be on a stair climber um, oh, getting it in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I seen it. The, uh, the, uh. Yeah, I seen them. Yeah, yeah, I see them all the time. But they walk into the the men's restroom. I see them all the time, mm-hmm. and and they be they be putting in work. They be working hard. They be getting it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so. I, <laughs> this is me thinking now. Like maybe they ain't even like fake titties. Maybe they just got like, you know, just you know, some men just got like breast. I don't. She know, She might bro. just be working it off. I don't know, bro. All I know is I ain't <laughs> never had no, um. I always see, I always see, uh, see them in there putting in work, mm-hmm. working hard. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't identify them as uh, whatever. Yeah, we, like, we're this, having this a, a person putting in work. I was having a conversation one day, and uh, somebody was like, "Like, oh, I kind of feel bad for them. Like, you know, what if they get judged for going into the bathroom, or what if, you know, you know, this, don't feel bad, just, bro. You can't, I, you can't do that." I was just like. They walk in that bathroom with so much confidence, nobody even question it. No. They just be going in there, using the bathroom, and walk right out. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is confidence. Like, if I confidently walked into the woman's restroom, they would be like, oh, he's supposed to be here. 
And yeah. then you just walk out. Like, That'd yeah. be crazy. You walk into the girl's bathroom and you just be standing there peeing. <laughs> like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I identify as a woman, too. <laughs> too. Giant. That's, see, this is the hard part. Like, right. Niggas know how to take advantage of things, right? So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Because if, if, like, you know, say, let's say, like, um, like, like a friend, not, I don't even want to really say nobody's name. Let's say, like, uh, who's, like, a, a huge bust in the NBA? Let's say, like, uh, I don't know what you're going to say. Who, who, who's the guy that got drafted ahead of uh, Kevin Durant? The center, uh, the center that went to the Trailblazers. You know what I'm talking about? He oh, went to Greg Oden. Yeah, Greg Oden. Um, what if Greg Oden was in and out the NBA and he just was like, I'm a woman now. Like, you you could just see how yeah. people could start taking advantage of um, of the system, you know. And then it's like we have to respect it, right? Because yeah. you can't accept this person just because they have – this experience and this person because you know the experience is a little bit different yeah there's a dude named zuby i think his name is i think his name is zuby he was on joe rogan mm-hmm. he broke a woman's uh he said he identified as a woman and he broke all the women's records and what weight weightlifting <sighs> see yeah <laughs> this is why like yo we gotta let women have their shit bro yeah. we gotta let women and we gotta appreciate it it's some really strong ass women i know some women that can lift a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as men, we have an advantage. We have testosterone. And if you lift mm-hmm. weights regularly, you have a one up on women. Women got to work. For a woman in squat over 300 some pounds, they got to work their fucking asses off. There's probably not one. And I'm not even like a weightlifter, weightlifter. Like, I'm just like, I just go in there and you know, be lifting. do my thing, right? They call me Osama bin lifting. Okay. We're just going. <laughs> we're going to edit that one out the podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, me just off of like primarily like natural strength, I don't lift to like try to get like extremely strong. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't see a woman in the gym that is stronger than me. You know what I mean? I don't see there's a couple women in there that are like physically fit. And there's mm-hmm. some women in there that like that do their thing and they work really hard. Mm-hmm. But I don't see a woman in there that's like putting up more weight than me just regularly. Um, so that just yeah, goes to some say, girls know some fat booties, bro. They be in there squats some heavy weight sometimes. Yeah, I believe it, but mm-hmm. you know, just on a They're regular on basis, I'm just oh, not yeah. seeing a woman that's like no. just, just stronger than me. No. Um, and there, I mean, I mean, in the world, there's probably women that could definitely squat oh, more yeah. than me. It's, oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so you know, that just kind of goes to say, like, what what it the the advantage that I have just being a casual gym goer, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. There's that, man. I don't know how much we could offer that conversation, man. But, yeah. you know, honestly, man, it just, I just think that we don't have enough. And and thank God for podcasts, bro. Thank mm-hmm. thank, thank God for podcasts because it allowed, it allows people to get their points across and have real conversations. I think, that, yeah. you know, because we want to be political, politically correct so much, you know, we shortchange ourselves by like, um, either subscribing to the shit or being too afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, my, my take on that whole thing is like, 
the trans conversation uh, is is a separate thing, but like we're not gonna get nowhere in society if we right. can't communicate. That's right. If you getting mad at somebody for asking a question, like we we, we just done. Yeah, we don't. If we did yeah. that shit. And imagine like you know if so, if somebody was like um, I don't know. I'm I'm black, so that's my that's my plight. That's my uh, minority stake in America. And they come up to me and ask me a question about being black. And it could be the most ignorant question. But if I get defensive and, you know, like, oh, you racist, why are you asking this kind of question? Like, we're not going to be able to to progress in in any way, shape, or form. Like, you know, it it requires you kind of, like, removing your ego, humbling yourself, and, and realize that there are some people that just don't know as much oh, as exactly. I do about being black. 100%. And I can use that as an opportunity to teach them versus yeah. trying to make them feel bad for asking it's, the question. It's a difference between, like, we talked about this shit on the podcast. It's some white folks that ain't racist at all. They just fucking culturally clueless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, they, it's white, people, white people don't know everything that triggers black people. Yeah. So I think in those moments, I would say it's a teachable moment. I'm not saying you need to be a teacher at mm-hmm. that moment. But it's a teachable moment. Some motherfuckers don't know. Mm-hmm. And then there's some white people that's been around black people their whole life. And they understand the nuances of the culture and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just something we, we could, uh, we could uh, achieve through conversation. But we got to start. We have to talk. Mm-hmm. We actually have to make it to talk. We can't just be like, transphobe. You don't, you're this. You, that sounds very transphobic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I woke up and had some breakfast. That was racist. You'd be like, what? <laughs> You making hash browns racist, nigga? What the fuck? <laughs> I can't have tater tots without being labeled transphobic now? I can't have Belgian waffles without being racist? It's ridiculous. I can't have buttermilk pancakes without <laughs> being labeled a fucking uh, misogynistic? <laughs> Shit is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. All right. Switching gears. We're going to wrap it up after this. Um, The question that probably some women want to know, why do men become players, right? First of all, Every man does not have the capacity to be a player. First of all, to be a player, you have to have some type of value. You have to be somebody that women want Mm -hmm. to be a player. That means you're getting pussy from the east to the west coast. (laughs) And you would only be getting... It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you can't be getting that if you ain't somebody of value. But here's the prequel. The reason why women, men, some men become players, I've seen it firsthand. They usually start off as very kind guys. Usually they start off as a guy that had a girlfriend and he went to church and they went to like um, vacation Bible school together and all of that. And then one day he busted her sucking his best friend's cock. And then it hurt him so deeply. And you guys are going to laugh at this shit, but this shit really happens to men, but men don't really externalize this information, but it happens a lot. Um, He gets hurt so bad. He gets stung so bad that he doesn't have the capacity to trust. In order to love someone else, it takes a certain amount of surrender. And some people, not just men, but women also are so cowardice and they become so cowardly for love that they rather fuck as many people as they can and or they rather hurt somebody before they get hurt. And they live a life of womanizing or being a player or being on a permanent, uh, uh, what do you call it? a permanent hot girl summer because they don't know how to operate in relationships anymore. Mm -hmm. They once tried to be that person, but it didn't work out very well. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other cases of men who become womanizers. Mm -hmm. The guy that was short and fat in high school, he might've been five, six, five, seven, you know, 
tried to talk to girls that didn't like him. But he had a late growth spurt, got out of high school, became six foot one, lifted weights, got a good job, got a degree. Guys got tattoos, got a nice watch, got a new Mercedes Benz, got a nice house. And he is he is getting more pussy than a fucking toilet seat. Mm-hmm. Right. And women are mad. He's a player. I can't understand why this guy's a player. Well, he's a player because he didn't have access to you back in the day. See, girls like you never gave him no play. You looked at him. He was short and fat and unattractive, and you didn't even look his way. But now that his, 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 his status of his body and his life has gotten up, he's using you just for sex because mm-hmm. he can't view you as anything other than the women who ignored him when he was short. Mm-hmm. So now he's just using you as an outlet. And that is why a lot of men become players. Is because they either once were in a place where they were very loving or they were, uh, you know, unattractive to women. Women didn't like them. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Then there's something because men don't just wake up and become players. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. And usually that shit should be a phase, too, mm-hmm. where a guy's got a bunch of girls and he's getting hella pussy. It's just because he can, and it's because women like that. Mm-hmm. Why are guys players? Most guys are not players. They don't be getting pussy the way you think they do. Yeah. They definitely don't. It takes a lot of work. Oh, it takes a lot of work. Even to be a, to be a womanizer is a full-time job. Yeah. You know? So the guys that you want, you got to ask yourself why you like them. And a lot of reason why women like those type of men are because those type of men have social value. And and when a woman knows that 15 other women like that guy, oh, my God, he's so cute. He's cute. Oh, my God. And you know that all these women are slobbering over him. That's going to make you want him even more. I would hmm. I would I would liken that to waiting in a line for Jordans. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants Jordans. The line's out the door. But yeah. you stood right in that line with those people. You didn't get discouraged by the line and say, ah, I don't want to wait in this long ass line for a shoe that everybody's wearing. Everybody's wearing this shoe. Why would I mm-hmm. wait in this line? You stayed in that line because the value. You seen value in that shoe and you stood in that line. Even though everybody is getting the same exact shoe, you still want that shoe. And that's what women do. Women are attracted to these niggas and that's why they are allowed to be players. And it's only like the top 8% of looks that get to be players. Mm -hmm. If you you just, and I'm not trying to be fucked up, but if you smash in a bunch of undesirable women, you are not a player. (laughs) You are just a scavenger. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna. I'm not gonna body shame. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna body shame. But if you smashing girls with eye patches, then you know. No, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, they're smashing pirates. <laughs> um, I think that an, another one of iteration of the people you talked about is like, um, very like wealthy mm-hmm. people, um, or like famous people. You just have, you got certain access to uh to women that is is just unrealistic right right right? like it's almost it's almost like it takes like a heightened level of discipline to to not cheat at that point like we we, you know we talked about j cole where he was like you know i stopped cheating six years ago or something like that imagine like a, a late 20s early 30s j cole he got you know, platinum albums, he touring the world, every girl want him. And then, like, you imagine, the, you know, the type of girl that, like, J. Cole would be, like, college-educated women. Right, yeah. You know, the yoga, the yoga 
the white girls with dreads and you know the natural deodorant and all these you got access to all these <laughs> type blueberry of deodorant <laughs> this is blueberry deodorant <laughs> um you got access to all these type of women and it's like it's like i love my girl and my girl is you know at the crib she she holding it down but this girl right here this is this is different you know what i mean this girl got a bbl this girl got this um it's just a different you get you just got access to a different type of uh a different type of woman. I remember, um, I'm gonna try to say it without like saying too much. There's a guy I know who's like very successful and, um, he was riding in first class back to Bakersfield on this plane. And the lady, there was an older lady sitting next to him and she was like, Hey, what do you like? Like, what do you do? And then he, she, he told her what he did. And um, she was like, oh, you might you might know my daughter. Right. So she pulled up her daughter on Instagram and it was like 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 a straight IG model, maybe like 200,000 followers, like just Mm -hmm. a pretty like a very, very pretty white girl, almost like like unreal. You know, like there's some girls you'd be seeing on Instagram. You like this is not even like a real person. Right. right, 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 Yeah. She looked kind of like that. Right. And she's like, oh, you should, you know, you should, uh, you should talk to my daughter. Like, she, she's pretty cool. She, I, I think she knows some other people that you might know. So, like, um, she, I think he ended up like following, following her on Instagram and stuff like that. And I don't know what materialized out of that, but I'm just saying, like, that's how easy it is sometimes mm-hmm. when you that successful. You got access. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that's just what it looks like. So yeah. you know, I think I think like. You know, you know, just as like a little like subsection of, of the things you were saying. But for sure, um, we everything that we do in life is, uh, you know, is kind of predicated on like everything we're doing is like a result of something else. So in terms of like the guy that got cheated on and stuff like that, like people take that over the top. Like they don't yes. want to feel that way anymore mm-hmm. or they are. They don't want to feel that way anymore, so they just, like you said, they moving in a way where um, they hurt the girl before they hurt them, or um, they moving in a way where, um, like, they don't even want to f- like have love anymore. Mm-hmm. So they just like, oh, if I'm if if this is what love looks like, if I put my all into this woman and and this is what it looks like, then I'm not I'm not yeah. out here looking for love no more. It comes from a lack of maturity too. Uh, and but here's the biggest part, the fucked up part. Is when a dude is like being a is is being an extreme womanizer in that moment, and he just you know fucking and fucking and fucking. It's a good woman mixed in with those girls. Mm-hmm. There's a woman that's a decent, kind-hearted, loving person, and she just got fucked and got her feelings hurt, um, and now she has become one of those women that just um, despise men. Mm-hmm. So you're what you're doing is is you're recreating the person who you are when you out here doing that type of shit. Now I'm not what I'm not gonna do is shame anybody for getting a freak on. You could still get get laid and be a decent human being, but womanizing takes us a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Like being a player means like I'm a fuck Jenny on Monday, I'm a fuck Jessica on Tuesday, I'm a smash Debbie on Wednesday. Like that's the super player. It is. It it also doesn't work because there's two versions of it, right? There's mm-hmm. a dude that lies a lot, right? Like, oh, I ain't talking to nobody. You the only girl that I yeah. you know, dream about. And then there's a person that's the opposite of that, where they're just transparent. Like, hey, I'm not. 
I'm not tied down to nothing. Yeah. I'm out here. I'm mingling. We're going to do what we do when we do it. And when I'm not dealing with you, I might be dealing with somebody else. But neither of those work because no. there's emotions tied to like 100%. having sex, right? Yeah. So you can say all you want to, like, yo, like I'm single and I'm not looking for nothing serious right now. We can have fun. And that's like the extent of our relationship. But that doesn't prevent the person from catching feelings. 100%. She's still going to be like, um, she's still going to take the opportunity or take you, um, you know, maybe watching a Netflix movie with her or something mm-hmm. like that as, oh, he might he might actually like me. Or, oh, if I give it up to him, he might yep. start liking me a little bit more. Yep. Women be thinking, that, like, the problem is, is women be overestimating their pussy. Like, their pussy be good. But then they think, like, once he get this good pussy and he feel these, like, these pheromones and stuff, <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's like, it's going to work. I'm going I'm to I'm get him to really like me. But truth yeah. be told is the pussy could be great and he could be like, wow, that was a home run. That's but, but that's it. Somebody could smash and be like, "Damn, that's some good pussy right there." I'm gonna hit you up tomorrow, and that'd be the extent of it. Yeah, and, and, and that, hey, sometimes you know, sometimes niggas be falling in love with the pussy. Yeah, the sad but, part. Go ahead. Yeah, sometimes they be falling in love with the pussy, but f- I think for the most part, like a, a person that's solid and know themselves, they just gonna smash and be like, "Damn, that's some solid." Like you know, I'm gonna keep her in a, you know, I'm gonna keep her in a tuck. But yeah. it could be would be crazy is like if they they mention you, but then they the thing they mention afterwards is so like trivial. They'll be like, "Man, that pussy was good." Let me put these hot pockets in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it be, bro. It. You ain't got like, no. Like, dang, I'm about to. I'm about to. I just, you know, maybe you go to some girl's house and you smack her down. Real quick, and then on the way home, you're like, "Nah, I'm about to go get me some Jack in the Box." Oh, that's terrible. That's yeah. a Jack in the Box late night food is a slut food. <laughs> yeah. That's the only place, and I'm not, I'm not saying women are sluts. I'm just saying slutty people. Yeah, that's for like sure. the, that's the slut meal, especially for them sure. tacos. Mm-hmm. They should just change the name of the Jack uh, slut slutty Jack tacos because mm-hmm. them motherfuckers. I remember eating a lot of those tacos after leaving the club, mm-hmm. and they just are so oily. Yeah. Oily ass tacos, man. Mm-hmm. All that oil sitting on your stomach. Yeah, bro, no you been there shitting them. Ta- and the, the chicken sandwiches, they taste a little different now. I had, I think I had it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this shit. I don't see how much motherf- people be eating like that every day, bro. Yeah, some people eat out every day. I haven't. Me, I'm like a you know. I I used to smack some fast food. I haven't ate fast food in a minute, minute. I think mm-hmm. one of the things for me was like not really the health conscious part because like you know obviously that's important, but. Yeah. Um, just realizing how expensive it is. Dog. Oh, it's bad, like, dude. It's super know, expensive. I'm just like, bro, I'm going to just eat at home. I ate a bomb-ass burger from Ortega's yesterday. That motherfucker was lit. Fire? Oh, litty. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker was big, too. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is I had fasted. Mm-hmm. I worked out <clears throat> real hard, but I had pretty much fat. I hadn't eaten in like 13 hours. Mm-hmm. Like 13 and a half hours. And then when I got done with my workout, I was like, yo, I got to eat. Mm-hmm. I ate that big ass burger and fries, and it got me kind of full, but it felt like that shit evaporated. Mm-hmm. Like that's how hard I worked. Mm-hmm. Like when you eat a bunch of carbs right after a workout, it don't do shit. Mm-hmm. So I would tell people if you're gonna eat a bad cheat meal, eat that shit right after a huge workout. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that shit gonna burn off. And then when you go to sleep, it's gonna burn off even more. Mm-hmm. Yep, you well, be right back regular. They be right back regular, mm-hmm. unbloated. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you have anything else to offer this conversation, Keith? Uh, no, that's pretty much it, man. I, th- I think I, I guess for me, like, um, the I, I guess I do have some more to offer. I think that 
we, you know, in terms of this conversation, just women, you have to, you have to start understanding, like, uh, I'll bring it back. So in church, um, this guy, uh, he was, he was preaching, this guy from Oakland was preaching in part of his sermon. He was talking about how, um, like, um, studying yourself in terms of like affecting the world. Right. Right. So if you have bad relationships and things keep going wrong in your life, like let's not look at all the external stuff. Like let's start looking at like what's going on in you inward. yeah. Yeah. Do you have bad habits? Do you have bad communication skills? Do you, are you fast to anger? All these different things. Right. So in terms of like this conversation and you know, this woman asking that, um, you got to start realizing, like, how are you complicit in, in in the behavior of this man, right? Are you missing red flags? Are you the genesis of somebody else's player origin story mm-hmm. or whatever? So, you know, I think I think uh, some women got to start. Not, and it may not have been you personally, but just start looking at, you know, how, how women operate and how that can cause somebody to be a 100%, player. because you can't expect something great when you're moving around the men you're moving around and doing the things you're doing, too. Mm-hmm. If you're sleeping with a married man, you can't be out here like, oh, men ain't shit. Like, you slept with a married man. Look at your yeah, energy. Yeah, you're complicit in that. You over there fucking this dude while you got pictures of his family and shit on the wall. There's a girl in Bakersfield <laughs> that's like... Um, one day I'm a t- I forgot she made a post on Facebook like one day I'm gonna tell my story about these men in Bakersfield, and I'm just like, like I just know I know you and I know right. you're complicit in a lot right. of you know Stop. these things talking to Stop. people that may be married talking Stop to it. you know these people that what, you know what did I say before I said this I said that when women say men ain't shit it's coming from two places it's coming from the things that men have done to them but it's also coming to things that is coming from things that they've been able to get away with yeah. such as sleeping with married men or men in relationships knowing all well that this man was married knowing all well that this man was in a relationship and you say that he ain't shit and you frowned on him how about you realize you're sucking the dick of a married man yeah you need to get your both ways. get your act together you know and men vice versa you know you out here sneaking and geeking behind whoever's back to sleep with somebody's wife and you like man these hoes ain't shit well maybe just maybe if you stop fucking people's wives you yeah. would see that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it might change your worldview a little bit sir mm-hmm. but yeah um i think he's done here i think he i don't think he has any more opinions <laughs> yeah i'm good all right, Keith. Mm-hmm. All right, stop talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Fans. We're out of here. Peace.